Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 268, recorded live on February 20th, 2020. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk all the fallout from the huge Animal Crossing Direct that Nintendo graciously provided for us today, (laughs) as well as January MPD sales numbers and lots more. Also joining us on this week's show, independent game analyst Benji Sales. Jesse, cue that music. What's up, everybody? It's Marty, and you are listening to Nintendo Dads episode 268, and dang, it feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> I'm joined tonight by my colleagues here from Nintendo Dads HQ, as well as a special guest, and so let's get right into introducing them. Jesse Waldack, how are you, brother? Uh, pretty good. So I realized... What, after I pushed the theme music that, oh, I haven't logged into the chat yet. So I logged into the chat and it had logged me out. So now I have to find the login and password while we're talking. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if I look distracted, that's what I'm doing. It's, it's totally fine. Totally fine. Uh, distraction. Nobody on a podcast ever gets distracted. <laughs> Impossible. Ever, especially us. Right. Uh, also joining us this week, all the way from the wonderful land of Minnesota, Tim, Alf, how you doing? Oh, what? I'm distracted. Sorry. <laughs> well, you are from Minnesota, so I mean that would. No, you're Michigan. Not. Michigan. I know Michigan. where you're from. I know where you're Michigan. from. It's a running joke on the show now. Just roll with yes, it. Yes, it is. <laughs> I am. I'm rolling with it. I'm. I'm a little frustrated. You know, technology. You know, always has to do something. To keep us on our toes. But I'm. I'm otherwise good. How about you, Marty? Uh, you, you know, I'm good. I, I missed being on the show last week uh, so much that I, I've just I've thought about being on the show all week. And so uh, I hope you guys miss me as well. Uh, I'm, I'm just glad to be back. But I like last week with things were crazy and I just, you know, sometimes sometimes I have to leave so Gary can come back. <laughs> it's just uh, and, and there's a crazy theory out there that Gary and I are the same person we are not just yes. want to throw that I out there you guys uh, are somehow two in the same <laughs> sorry what level of yeah. ca- caffeine you guys are you are at one time <laughs> or, or the other true also joining us on the show this week uh, we are happy to have a brand new guest to the show, uh, independent games analyst. You know him from Twitter, uh, Benji Sales. How you doing, Benji? Doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Really excited to chat. It's kind of crazy. It lined up. I got on the show right on the same day as an Animal Crossing Direct. Uh, when you first asked me on, we had no idea that you know the timing would be like that. Yeah, we the yeah. last the last three guests we tried to time it with a, with a, a general direct, and uh, you saw how well that worked. <laughs> yeah, still waiting. Uh, but, but you know what? We're not waiting for Animal Crossing news any longer. And we're not going to make you wait for the news any longer on the show either. So, Jesse, let's dive right into that news, shall we? And our news each and every week here on the show is brought to us by our amazing, wonderful 104 
active patrons over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where for a dollar a month, you can get into one of the best online communities I've ever been a part of. I'm serious when I say that, guys. It is the best online community I've ever been a part of. Amazing things going on over there. Over the last year or so, uh, the, uh, the, the community that we've built over there has birthed three new Nintendo Dads podcasts that come to you guys on a monthly basis. The Dinner Table, Dads After Dark, and Dad Crossing, which just dropped its uh, beta episode last night. Uh, actually right before the direct, uh, it kind of like their hopes and dreams. And you're going to get the first full episode of dad crossing next week on Wednesday. And it's going to be on the weeks that, uh, dads after dark does not happen. So every Wednesday, you're going to get a brand new podcast every Friday. You're going to get a brand new podcast. And once a month, Tim is going to give you the dinner table because he likes to sit around the dinner table and talk with his friends. (laughs) And so Tim, that's coming up real soon, right? Yes, sir. Yep. What is the date for this month's dinner table? Uh, well, we usually try to plan it around the what is it, the third Friday of every month. So I think that would be tomorrow night. Even though I didn't put anything out there yet. So <laughs> yeah, do you, like, you want to do it? Do you want to do it tomorrow night, or do you want to pun a week? Because I know things have been crazy for you in your life. It has. It has been crazy. Yes. Um, I've been toying with the idea of doing something a little bit different this week, but uh, probably would be best to give everybody time, a moment uh, a moment to figure out if they want to be on the dinner table. So right. we'll probably do that next week. February 28th, it is. And uh, you can talk about the extra day that we get this year since it's leap year, which messes yeah. up all my calendars. Thanks a lot, leap year. Uh, so, uh, but you can head over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo dads. Uh, we have tiers starting at a dollar a month, a dollar, $5, $10, $15 and $30, $30 gets you in to be a Patreon producer. Uh, and if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know, the whole spiel, we're not going to prolong it any longer, but we love our patrons and we love all the listeners of the show, but we especially love our patrons for keeping the lights on and keeping things going over here. So animal crossing. Nintendo finally chooses to break its silence with a month to go on the countdown clock. We got a 25, they said roughly 25 minute uh, Animal Crossing Direct. I found it to be probably about that uh, this morning with tons of new details about Animal Crossing as well as reiteration of what is going to happen. Uh, gentlemen, I'm just going to get right into this. And Benji, I'm going to ask you, since you're a guest, guest goes go first <laughs> on the Nintendo Dads. What did you think? about this Animal Crossing Direct? Just your general opinion. So uh, my general opinion on it was it was actually, I thought, a very, very strong showing for Animal Crossing. You know, it's interesting because even though I've been playing Nintendo for a really long time, like Animal Crossing specifically was one of their IP that I never just like got really invested in. You know, I've I've messed with it a little bit, but it was never like my go-to franchise for them. And, uh, you know, ever since the announcement, I thought, well, New Horizons, I think, is going to be the first Animal Crossing, like, I really give a shot, you know, that I, like, really try to put some time into. So I was kind of watching this as more of that, like, you know, casual coming into the franchise person. And uh, I thought it was really strong. You know, I don't know if people that are longtime fans will feel the same way about it that I did. Um, but I thought it looked really good. I thought there was a lot of customization options that looked good. I liked the crafting stuff. Um, 
I, I really liked the idea of now you can like edit the island and change it. You know, almost, you know, I've seen people online like the Minecraft type elements of it. Obviously not, you know, as in depth with the building and stuff as that. But uh, I thought it was really good. I was really impressed. I, I think they did a really good showing of it. Yeah. Um, Tim, what about you? Uh, I, I've been trying to keep that low, um, high hopes, low expectations mentality throughout this whole thing, you know, cause there's a lot of negativity around it. And granted, you know, there, uh, there's a lot of, uh, not say as much negativity as say Pokemon was, but there is a lot of frustration behind the online stuff, uh, and the backup stuff and all that, uh, fun information there. But, um, I've been trying to keep it, you know, like low expectations low expectations for it and i was impressed by what they showed it was well put together i wasn't bored at all um actually i was watching what justin was running earlier today when he was doing the live reaction of the of the direct so uh it was very interesting um which i'm sure we'll probably get into which is the online stuff you know yeah it was still kind of vague but i'm Mm -hmm. i think i will get uh this digitally because I was on the fence of whether I was going to do it digitally or if I was going to get it physically uh, or hard copy of it. But I think I'm going to do it digital because it would be nice and easy just to, you know, turn it on do tasks for the day, do what I need to do for the day and then, uh, then be done. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting that both of you have brought out kind of the, 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 the tasks or the crafting part or, or whatever that, uh, you know, it seems to me, like the the this game is trying to the objective with this game is to keep you playing Animal Crossing longer each day. Yeah. Instead yeah. of it, just popping in for 30 minutes and popping out, right? But and I did like what they were alluding to for the future that the game you, you know, we're getting the base game, which is gonna have a lot of content that you can get used to right off the bat, but that there's going to be more throughout the upcoming one, two, or however many years they decide to keep going with it. So I was excited about that as well, especially I'm also excited about what they're doing with the phone app. What there's, there's some potential there with not only, you know, the phone app that's in the game, but making it almost look like you have the same phone app on your real life phone too. So. You glitched out there, right there at the very end, as you oh. were talking about the phone app. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I think I, no, I think that was Marty because I heard he was fine. Oh, well, so. <laughs> then that was me. Sorry about that, uh, Jesse. What about you? What did you think about this okay. this presentation? Well, so be- before I answer that, I wanted to pick on Justin a little bit because shortly, you know, either late last night or. I think it was sometime yesterday. He tweeted that he he would have loved to have seen this followed up with, oh, and there's a demo today, and then people mm. people lost their stuff over it, and <laughs> and yeah, of course that didn't happen. And so I replied to Justin with, "This is why we can't have nice things. No expectations <laughs> is greater than whatever the hell that was." Yeah. So I went into this literally with no expectations. I didn't expect anything because honestly, I'm I have no interest in the game. I tried New Leaf; it was fun for a bit. I actually put twenty or you know thirty or forty hours into it over the course of like two months, 
but that's not how I like to play my games. I like to play a game start to finish, nothing else in the middle, put put the system to sleep mode between the sessions, and then just start it up again. I don't like having to save, quit, load the next game, save, quit, load the first game again. So, just because, mainly because of not not because of what the game is, but just how I how I take in games, I no, I don't want to deal with that. I tried it with playing Dragon Quest and and the fitness game and the Brain Age game, and that lasted two weeks before I got sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is 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 daily tasks. Or, or games that represent daily tasks are, are not in your wheelhouse. The, that is a correct. So, <laughs> you know, what I saw, I liked. There was nothing in there that amazed me, but there was, there was nothing in there that, su- that surprised me. In fact, most of what I saw, I kind of expected based on what I knew from this, from New Leaf and the history of the game before that. So, I didn't see any ma- major surprises, but... I know a lot of the reactions, even, you know, not only on Twitter, but in our own discord is I'm all in, take my bells now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So So, I'm happy for you, but yeah, this is not a game for me. (laughs) Enjoy. Yeah. So like this, the direct didn't do anything to, to make me not want to buy the game. Um, But I've, I was talking about it with some of the dad crossing guys earlier and, uh, the, there is some stuff and we'll get into it as we talk more about the online stuff and save data stuff that, uh, like I would love to be a 10 about this game because I love animal crossing and I've always enjoyed the vibe of it and have, have played every animal crossing iteration that has come out. Uh, and so I would love to be a 10 on this game, but I'm about a seven or an eight. Uh, like I, I like what I see. I'm kind of like Benji said, I like what I see. Um, I love the improvements that they're making. There's a lot of quality of life improvements that I think have been coming for years that needed to have come for years. Uh, and, um, the, uh, the, the thing is, is that all of those are, are there now, but for me, there's this shadow over the game based on what we're finding out about save data. And but before we we talk about that, I want to ask you um, just like, do you think that this today was enough? Like if they don't communicate via a video again between now and March 20th, which it seems like they want, because during the direct, they they basically said all updates will now be given through the official Animal Crossing Twitter uh, that's supposedly being run run by Isabel or Tom Nook now or whoever. Um, Do you. Was this enough in your opinion? I think so. You know, I, I really, I, I do think it was, it was a pretty meaty chunk. Um, you know, I, I get that it might not answer, you know, everything for, for all fans, but I did think for a 25 minute, you know, because when they announced the length of it, honestly, I was, that was one thing I was kind of worried about. I was like 25 minutes for, for one game, you know, this could, the pacing is really going to be key. Cause if it, you know, it could get boring quick for 25 minutes of a direct yes. talking about one game. Um, so I thought that was one thing that was very effective about it. I was surprised. Like there was no time during the direct where I found myself just like, bored wanting to rush through it 
Um, so I, I think that was a good thing. There definitely is a few issues still, you know, not trying to brush off, like you said, the online saving and things like that. There's definitely some issues, but I think overall for, for the people they're trying to get the messaging out to, uh, I think it was effective. I, I think they did a good job. I think it was enough. Okay. Tim, Jesse, any thoughts about that? It was it enough. I I think it is. Uh, in fact, well, I'm kind of the other way around. I don't want to hear anything else. Mainly again, <laughs> I'm not mainly because I'm not interested in the game. Um, but just like what they what they end up doing with Pokemon, even though yeah, Pokemon's a franchise I'm interested in. I want information, but they get too chatty sometimes, and something like no, mm. I don't want don't don't. Stop talking. Just let let some things be exciting and don't spoil everything up front. So I I think so. So I'm I'm hoping they don't say anything else until you know in in at least in the form of a public direct like that. You know, mm-hmm. you know Twitter at least keeps it contained. Yeah, you know, I think not we'll only updates on in, Twitter. Yeah, not only it keeps it in the channel, but also probably because things get lost through to everything else going on in Twitter. So, <laughs> so you know, if I miss it, that's you know, no big loss. Yeah, I like how they were using that at the end there to say we're going to be posting more content about this uh, game on our Animal Crossing Twitter account, which I thought was really cool. In fact, I checked my accounts uh, and the Nintendo Devs accounts to make sure that we're that we both follow that already, and we already did. So I didn't yes. have to change. I didn't have to change anything. And for me, I think it did. It did enough for me, and I think that's where it comes into play. Where uh, it's going to be per person, right? Especially with the whole backup save issue. Um, it's going back to how we felt when we were playing a long time with Breath of the Wild and worried about losing that mm. that those game saves, and we could, you know, if that switch was going to die or when. Uh, uh, what's his name from IGN when he lost his switch and lost all that content? Mm. Uh, well, you know, and I, I lost my Let's Go data and had to start over. Yeah, so we all have those issues and we all have those worries. I, you know, knock on wood, I've yet to experience anything where I needed to get that backup data. So, um, and I'm not saying it won't happen, and I worry about it too, but it's my experiences with Nintendo's products have led me to believe I'll be okay and, and that I'll eventually get what they are promoting uh, to say something's coming. And like I mentioned in the pre-show, I think it, to me, I'm maybe it's more hoping than thinking. I'm hoping it has something to do with Doug Bowser said last year about a new way of doing the transfers and saving maybe it, and that's why they have to be vague about it but uh but i also understand everybody else's gripe about it that uh what you guys also said was maybe they really don't know what they're doing and that's why <laughs> they had to postpone that part and just get the game out and then work on that part afterwards yeah so i, I that that's the big elephant in the room that i really want to talk about coming out of this, but I thought that before we did that, maybe there, it would be good for us to just kind of talk about, was there anything in here that like the newer stuff they showed off or the features that they showed off for the game that really made you sit up and take notice? Um, I I think for me, 
the the obviously the terraforming is huge, right? Uh, yep. It opens up a whole brand new element of Animal Crossing that yeah. we've never seen before. Yeah, we knew up front about you can make paths and things at the ground level, but we didn't know about actually adding hills and lakes or removing right. lakes. Because that, that yeah, that, that's an that's like uh, you know populous cool. layer level Bu- stuff building. Going on. Yeah, like being able to build waterfalls and and things like that. I mean, it's. Uh, I think between that and the uh, the ability to carry a ladder with you so that you don't have to run around <laughs> to certain parts of the map just to be able to get up onto another slope, uh, it looks – I also noticed that it looks like that your gear, like – and by gear, I mean like shovels and bug-catching nets and all kinds of stuff like that is in a separate panel than your your items, like your backpack. It looked like that there was like a little wheel that pops up around your character now for gear instead of what I had seen before, which was like this this expanded item row that they've had in the past. So I, it's interesting to see that that they're you know they've they've they're bringing in all of these ideas that have kind of been brewing in the background for a while. Right. So, so uh, in the Animal Crossing community, definitely. Yes. Is there kind of a, just to clarify what you mean by that, is that similar to what they did with Link's Awakening, where they added certain tools to buttons as opposed to having it having to swap it out of inventory every time? Yeah, like, I think kind of like so. Like, uh, just a, just a little bit of a of a of a UI or usability upgrade, whatever you want to call that. Um, I. I, I don't know. It just it looks like that's there. And I, I want to say that my favorite visual from this entire thing was the museum. Like the museum mm, in this yeah, game yeah, actually yeah. Looks, looks incredible. Uh, and it looks like it's not just a place for you to go dump stuff, right? Yeah, it's not just uh, a, which it's been in past it's, games. It's not just a, a grid of items like it used to be. It's it's a destination. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think for me, you know, you touched on a lot of it. I think obviously like the terraforming was kind of the oh wow moment. You know, I think that was the for a lot of the streamers and stuff that I saw online that reacted. That was really the moment where they, you know, sat up in their seat. Um, and then one other thing, you know, kind of just touching also on what you were talking about, just like the streamlining uh, streamlining of everything. <laughs> everything just felt like it's uh ironed out smooth a lot of quality of life improvements um maybe there's not a ton of things that like blow you away right i didn't see a ton of stuff that was just like shocking to me like oh man i can't believe they're doing this um but it just seems like they addressed a lot of the issues that i have seen people complain about uh over the years um so that was kind of just my main takeaway from it was it seemed like it was a game that you know, it's adding some new things, but it's also trying to, quote, quote, perfect that Animal Crossing formula. Uh, that's kind of the vibe I got from it. My favorite thing was also uh, to how the connectivity between the older stuff was coming about, especially with the Nook Link application that you'll be able to have through the Nintendo online Switch app. Uh, you'll be able to use the Nook Link to be able to use the QR code pattern thing to take some of those patterns you created from the old games and bring them into the new. To me, that was pretty cool. 
because uh, I know. Oh, you know, and like the community that that's going to spawn as well. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, the yeah. online DIY community for that well, is yeah, going to be they, huge. Yeah. Last week there was conversations in our Discord asking about that. It was like there's no you can't use QR codes because there's no camera. So what are they going to do? They told us what they're going to do. And I'm kind of impressed. Really. Yes. Yeah. This is, this is this, a good use I, of that I saw app. people talking about today that this is like yes, the exactly, very yes. first really good integration of the Nintendo Switch online app yeah. into a game. I would agree with yes. that. And then That's also, a good point. That is a good point. That is a very good point. It only took the three years. Future, <laughs> in the future with uh, connecting it with camp as well. It looks like they'll have some... Uh, I don't sense in the two areas. So, yeah. So with that being said, guys, let's, let's talk about, let's finally tackle this big elephant in the room, which is online. Mm. Cause we've, so, we've talked so, about connectivity see, and online before we issues. go there, I want to talk about one other possible concern that I have with the game. Okay. <laughs> Previous versions has had all the seasonal content already on disc or already on cart. Hmm. That doesn't sound like that's what's going on that, here. And, and I was going to cover that during this online part, but that's okay. a good segue into that. So <laughs> yeah. uh, conspicuous by its absence in this direct um, was uh, particularly talk of uh, a few things that the community has been concerned about as, you know, backs of game packaging has been shown and all kinds of other things. Uh, namely what, can I do with my save data? What does what role does the cloud have in this? Which we had already been told this game would not use the save data cloud, just like Splatoon or Pokemon. Uh, but also, as Jesse mentioned, the uh, seasonal events in the game were referred to as downloadable updates uh, mm-hmm. that would trigger during the year, um, and then looming out there somewhere uh, is the the you know way back when Reggie Fizami talked about Animal Crossing when it came out finally was like you know when it finally arrived was going to integrate with Pocket Camp and all kinds of things like that. So um Jesse let, let's tackle your issue here first. So in the in the past Animal Crossing games we have had seasonal events where different um Characters would come and visit the town. You would have Jingle at Christmas. You would have um, you would have like uh, a turkey that showed up at Thanksgiving. You you would have um, all kinds of different ones that would come out at different seasons, right? Those all of those figures, these familiar figures, now were shown as it mentioned free online updates or free updates that would be supporting this game. Uh, Sounded a lot like downloads to me. Right. So yeah, my initial concern is, you know, families that may not have internet won't wouldn't be able to do the updates, so they may miss out on the seasonal content, you know, in real time. A lot a longer term concern is if if they're actually if if the events are actually patched out of the game when they end, then that has to be patched in for the next year. So that back and forth is that won't, will have to continue as long as there's uh, there is maintenance on the game, or if there's st- if they still stay in the game, but just shut off by date, then 
once you once you have the updates, then you'll have them, and they they can use them year over year, which is fine too. But say twenty years from now, some servers I'm sure are past dead. People will dust off their switches and cart and want to launch it and try try to live the nostalgia because you know that happens somehow with Nintendo's hardware. Um, <laughs> they won't be able to patch the game at all. They were not going to have access to them no, no matter what they did. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Some people uh, are speculating it has a lot to do with exactly what you just said about um, you know these these updates being timed, uh, and maybe even I saw somebody suggest that maybe the Christmas event one year is not going to be the same Christmas event the next year. That's possible. Um, yeah, very possible. Due to due to it being a download, you know, and to try to keep it fresh. But we all know that there's an end date. There's a, there's a shelf life for these online services a lot of times in these games. Uh, and then you're missing, I wouldn't say necessarily a, a vital part, but an important part of those games uh, when you've built something up like that, like Animal Crossing has. It's at least something that you it will bring you back into the game knowing something special is going on if you, say, stop playing for two months and say, oh, it's December 15th. Let's log in and see what's going on now. Right. Yeah. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe instead of it being just a, a benign little event that happens during the game, uh, where you get a notification of it on your your like little letter board or whatever in the in on your island or on in your town in the past maybe it's now it's a big event and we can promote this and it's going to do all kinds of other things it's not just going to bring jack to town it's going to bring all kinds of other stuff because i noticed that um you know they they were also very much emphasizing the difference between night and day on the island and I know that that's going to just be a normal feature for the game, uh, but it sounded like they're paying attention a lot more to differences between time and seasons in this game. Yeah, I noticed and so that too. It can be very much that there is something having to do with those events that is way more than just, oh, I came to town to give you a present. Yeah, that that's... was one of the cool things that I thought was that you could switch the seasons depending on which hemisphere you're in. I don't think they've ever done that before no i think that's new <laughs> no so, that was a, well, that's definitely well, it, it, it doesn't affect mo- us it doesn't affect most of the world but the, the people say in brazil you know they'll actually have winter when it's winter yeah yeah it's i was thinking cool. something similar to like what you were saying whenever they were saying that this is going to be an update now and not on the cart. My, my first thought is it, it probably needs to be meteor, right? If you're going to remove it off of the actual cart itself that you're putting in the game, I think it needs to be bigger than what it's been in the past to kind of justify it in a way, right? If you're, if you're gambling about losing this feature in the future, right, when servers and things like that are down, I think the seasonal events need to be kind of big, and, uh, and and changing it up to kind of make it yeah. worth like, hey, I'm pulling my system out. I'm doing an update. You know, if it's just like you said, kind of like a little notification and one person shows up. I don't know if that's enough. I, I think it needs to be a bigger deal. Yeah, I've used this uh, example before, but uh, Dragon Quest Nine had a lot of interaction with online servers to have like a daily shop with extra items that you wouldn't normally get, you know, in normal gameplay or have access to 
extra grottos for extra end game content that, that that just game doesn't exist natively anymore you know because those servers have been shut down and there there is a community keeping that stuff alive through you know other means like you have to manually change the dns on your on your ds to access it <laughs> you know some potentially shady things or, or risky things with with your network but you know if it works it works but so we may have to go there with this game you know 15 20 years from now well speaking of risky and shady things <laughs> uh let's let's talk about this uh this save data Tim, um Tim thing here up. hold on i know you oh, want to sorry. get the save data part didn't see yeah, you there Tim. I didn't want to interrupt Jesse's thought there, but I wanted to, and Benji, you might appreciate this because I'm going to, I want, I'm kind of <laughs> speculating on numbers here. Ooh, okay. But I have to, I don't have numbers in front of me. I wish my uncle, you know, that works at Nintendo would <laughs> share that with me. But I wonder, I wonder now that we share a lot of information on usage with a Switch. Uh, if Nintendo's decisions and what they decide to do with these games, like, presenting a lot of this game content more so from online than, than on the mm. cart is mm. coming from knowing the usage of the majority of their uh, customers, if you will. So I, if they see a lot of people are online most of the time, you know, or a majority of them, then yeah, let's sell a game that is going to get online more often. Definitely. I definitely think that's part of it. Um, I think that Nintendo is definitely trying to slowly, you know, push their base more and more towards online. I don't think Nintendo is ever going to be the kind of company that, you know, straight up, you know, abandons offline play or anything like that. I think Nintendo is trying to do in 2012. Yeah, I think Nintendo is still very, you know, appreciative and focused on their core fan base that they've had, you know, for decades. Um, but as the industry does slowly start to shift, you know, more and more towards online, I do think you're going to see their games incorporating more online elements. You know, I don't think it's one of these things that people should panic over yet that like, oh, man, Nintendo's just going to start, you know, going fully down this road. Um, I don't think that, but I do think part of the thought process with like these updates and things like that is they really want to get people into that online ecosystem as much as they can because another way to look at it is eventually maybe those people don't pay for switch online right now right and you probably you know you're not going to need the online paid membership to do the update but maybe if they get you interacting with that online space they can eventually turn you into a subscriber and and we've seen with things like you know xbox live and playstation network you know where they've just become real juggernauts you know for their revenue and for their profit um so i definitely think nintendo's trying to slowly you know get more people involved in that ecosystem this is yeah this, i think this, this is definitely like i'm sorry jesse go ahead I was like, this isn't necessarily anything new nintendo's been trying this for a while you know, remember mm -hmm. Beavers was a thing that yeah many, yeah many games a surprisingly number of number of games tapped into it and did various things with it well, and if you remember back, I, as as you were talking about the online and, and converting subscribers and all that, like I remember the, the, the quote was, we want to add value to the Nintendo Switch online service, right? Mm, yep. So if, what if this is, hey, 
Animal Crossing's great, right? But if you had Nintendo Switch online, you could get all of these cool seasonal events that you're not getting without online. I don't know. Makes sense. I know it says free updates, but I mean, is that free updates with Nintendo Switch online or is it (laughs) free updates with nothing? Because I don't think it's free updates with nothing. Well, I would think the game updates are just updates, you know, available to anybody Mm. because that's just a game patch. You know, going to someone else's island will require NSO. Yeah, exactly. But just just downloading the Thanksgiving Halloween event won't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I think it's more of just like trying to get that interaction going. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe you're not a subscriber right off the bat, but just getting you familiar with logging in, doing updates. Because for a lot of us, like you know, adults and stuff, we we're super familiar with it. But with kids and, and things like that, getting them, you know, just more and more used to engaging with the online service. Maybe eventually, you know, you turn that into a subscription. I think that's part of the thought process. But I also think I, I'm guessing that these these seasonal events are probably like we talked about earlier. I'm, I'm guessing or hoping they're going to be bigger. Yeah. Well, I, I did notice that uh, it seemed like in the when they showed off the seasons, right, that they showed uh, a, a, your character shaking a tree and a Christmas light or a Christmas ornament falling out of it. And that has been something that we haven't seen before. So it could have something to do with that, or it could just have something to do with the season. We'll we'll have to, I guess we'll have to wait until <laughs> January, n- December, January to find out. So I don't know. Drumsticks <laughs> so, fall out during during Thanksgiving. That would be great. <laughs> Pumpkin just pies. turkeys, just giant turkeys. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the save data thing because this is uh, it's it's just really. It's in, it's on my nerves. I'm just going to be honest. I, that's why I've been wanting to get to this. Um, so not announced during the direct, but later dug up on the uh, Animal Crossing site from Nintendo UK was this image. And I'm going to read uh, the, the the text of this image. And we're just I, I just want us to kind of discuss this. And it said this important notes regarding save data. Number one. This game does not support the save data cloud functionality of Nintendo Switch Online. Yikes. However, the ability to recover Animal Crossing New Horizons save data from the server in the event of console failure, loss, or theft will be available to Nintendo Switch Online members later this year. Double yikes. Yeah, here's the, a second. The part. fact that it's not the, at launch is yeah. Next. This this is the other part that this is where it really gets stuck in my crawl. This game does not currently support the ability to transfer your save file from one Nintendo Switch console to another. However, a function specific to Animal Crossing: New Horizons to move users and save data to another console is planned for later this year. <laughs> so. Basically, what this image says without saying it directly is Animal Crossing New Horizons lacks basic functionality that is now native to almost every other game on Nintendo Switch. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you here. This is why people think Nintendo is incompetent. <laughs> well, and we, we've, we've, we've just talked be about this before, and I've given my explanation of logic, of why in my brain that kind of makes sense of why it the, it doesn't work 
But again, the problem is Nintendo has trained us to expect one thing because every other game works this way, and the fact that this works <laughs> different is why people are having a having a problem with it. But and but so now I'm I'm going to throw in my opinion there, and again, you're Marty, you're not going to like what I'm going to have to say. But when they get to the point when they can transfer data from one system to another, it's going to be a move, not a copy. So. Your kid can't play the same island as you on a different switch while you're out of town. I'm I'm, I'm fine with that, <laughs> and I'm fine with that. But I, I want to be clear about where my problem is here. And I, like I talked to some folks on our Discord earlier and was talking about this. Here is the whole part of it that is really grinding my gears: is I envisioned buying this game to play with my family, right? So the idea is is that since you can call people, as was described in this direct, and invite them to your island, and you can all play together, and one person's the leader, and only they get the tools, so you can't rampage around cutting down trees and <laughs> digging up fossils and all that stuff. It's great. It's great for parents who have kids who want to play. That's what I envisioned. I envisioned playing that with my kids. I envisioned well, playing it with my wife after the kids went to bed. I'm seeing because... that as two different functions, though. The, the thing where certain tools are disabled, that's for online functionality. If you, if you go to Tim's Island, you can't chop down trees unless you're flagged as best friends. So if that, you are is that playing, not just for local play? No, that's for remote play. Local play is you have a house, your kid has a house, your wife has a house. You can all grab a Joy-Con and all hop in. That's where the, the follower and the leader... Well, it probably takes both, uh, but yeah. in, in that That's situation, what I'm saying. like I'm fine with them having a house on my island. Like I'm, I'm fine with them being on the island. But my point is this: is like I want to play that with at home on the TV, and then the next morning, if I'm going somewhere, I want to be able to download my island and and move that save data, like I did with Pokemon. I I physically did the manual save data transfer almost three, four times a week when I was finishing Pokemon Shield from my Switch to my Switch Lite and from my Switch Lite back to my Switch. Why can I not do that? Well, That makes know, absolutely zero sense. And see, I, I promise you, Jesse, there is nothing that you can say to me on this show that's going to make see, me... I, I've explained this multiple else. times in the past two or three weeks why that why that's not... Why that the system level function doesn't work, which is why it needs a game level function to do it. But it should... if Okay, then, if it needs that, then it should have been ready at launch. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I, still, I still don't... I still don't think it should have to take a game level thing. I think they should just build it in a way that works like Sony and Microsoft do. Oops, I'm an Nintendo well, dad I don't, and I said it. I don't think they have any just games it, that do this. I think this is yeah, this, Sony and Microsoft don't doing, have a game like this. Yeah, they're literally doing something that no no one else does, which is why it's different. And and what is the whole thing that they're keeping us from? Like, why are they doing this? They're, like, I don't, they're throwing it back to how you you played the game on the GameCube. The system had one island, or at least the memory card had one island, that multiple people logged into and shared the community. So in the Switch version, it's one island and multiple and, users and I, share the community. I, and I know you've said that before, but here's the thing. I don't want to play GameCube Animal Crossing on the Switch. I want to play Switch Animal Crossing on the Switch. I want it to 
I want it to be new. And I want, I think uh, the majority of people want it to be new. And I think that possibly the reason that they've delayed info for so long is because of this, because this it sucks. Right. Let's and just again, call it which, what it is. Which goes back to my prediction that I said last month, where I think they will have a patch that will let each profile have its own island doing what you want it to do. But that's, not, but that's not how they're doing it at launch. And 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 somebody else, I think it was Nick or Cat Janitor in the in the Dad Crossing chat. They they made this suggestion: just buy two copies and play, have a family island and a dad island. It's, I don't want to do that. But it's not two <laughs> copies of the cart because the save data is on the system. You'd have to have two different switches to do that. Yeah. It, it was definitely the the one big miss for sure. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you on that. It was it was the one big miss, and especially especially not being able to yeah. like move your save to another console. Yeah. Like not even just the cloud stuff, but the uh, the being able to like manually move it over to a light. I, I do think that's kind of crazy. They don't have that feature ready, you know, at, at launch. They're saying it's coming, but. That was the one shocker to me, especially as like light is a thing on the market now. You know, we have the regular switch and we have the light. You would think they want these two to work in tandem, like, you know, as best as possible. Yeah, it, it kills me when they just announced like last week, I think it was, or, or whenever the earnings call was that 30% of Nintendo Switch Lite owners are Nintendo Switch owners. And it just... it. You know, it feels like a really big glaring whiff, like strike out, like the game is over. And I know it's not like I know that, that but like it's people I'm, I'm still going by. But that's why I said earlier that this is a game that should be a 10 for me. And it's a seven or eight because now I'm going to have to make the decision. Which switch do I lock this this game to? And that is no other game does that. Like, I get that it's for manipulation or whatever, but come on. This should have been, uh, honestly, should have been something that was figured out beforehand. And this is not going to be popular when I say this, but I'm going to say it. Delay the game until it's figured out. Yeah, I, I think this is something that they should have probably market tested and they didn't. And, you know, th you know, going back to the GameCube model of play and without polling people is this what you want yes or no it may be it may be most people want this and we're just you 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 know we as in you guys because again i'm not playing it uh, are the minority <laughs> i don't know but again as we said last week the minority is often the most vocal mm, very <laughs> so, true right <laughs> that was the title I, of last so week's I mean, episode like, I, as a guess oh sorry you can go first no go ahead i'm sorry as a as a oh sorry, I think three of us were talking at once. I'll let you go. go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, go ahead the one you. thing I was gonna say is, as a guess, I don't think it's gonna hurt sales really too much. I just don't think it's really gonna hurt sales, but it's definitely bad PR. It's definitely gotten uh, bad PR online. There's definitely been some some blowback on it, um, but I don't think it'll hurt sales. That I don't think it'll go that far. Um, but it's definitely, you know, been a bit of bad PR for them for sure. I know, uh, I, I, I didn't get a chance to see Josh's video. He talked about the direct. I'm expecting he's all hyped for it. 
but uh, I, I wanted to watch his video before we recorded, and I didn't get a chance to. So you know, we, you know, people are still out there are excited for the game. Probably, you know, despite of these potential networking and save state issues, which is yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, here's, I got a question for thing. you. Okay, go ahead. A question for you is: I know, I know you didn't want to down, you didn't want to buy the game twice, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe you, not just you, Marty, but everybody here. Can you? I was, I'm not clear, but can't you just buy the game physically and be able to use it on your home console and your light? It'd be two separate yeah, islands. I, that's well, that's yeah, my I whole know, point. I, I don't want it to be. Two separate islands. Yeah, because the issue is it I saves it to that. the console, right? Yeah, you can't take well, in a game like this. Cartridge. In a game like this, where you work so hard on something, when you work so hard on crafting your own vision for what things are, uh, it's it's a real kick between the legs to say, "Oh, you can just you can just do two islands. You can just yeah, it, it won't be a big deal." Because I mean, th- you're crafting items. You're doing stuff, guys. Th- I mean, we're think about this. Imagine if Minecraft said, "Hey, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna put out this game. It's called Minecraft. You can build something on, uh, you know, this is way back when they did it, right? Like way back when. If you build it on your PC, it won't be on your Switch or it won't be. But then now all that's unified. They figured it out. That like." I, I just don't like. Maybe I just sound like a bit. I'm whining about it or whatever. But like, like you sell a console and you have the ability to move stuff back and forth between other consoles, and all of a sudden, you're like, but not for that game. Yeah. Okay. So I think the experience, though, is what that what the Nintendo has been trying to say, and a lot of people have been other trying to say is that the experience is behind the one island. Even though obviously we don't like the aspect of being able to move it from one switch to the other so that you can play on the go. But as Jesse alluded to, if you are playing the game on the go, how are your kids going to play it? You know, because that's going to screw up the, the communication between the two. But that come back. Right. But once that's not how we use it. The whole point is, is, is that. I'm transferring it to my Switch Lite so that I can play it on the go and that we would yeah. only play it together. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, we're not. And you have to. My, have my wife, my wife is not going to be. Over here. My wife's not going to be at home like during the day and going, oh, I think I'm going to pop into the Animal Crossing Island. No, she's really only going to do that because I ask her to, because like we enjoy doing that together. So she would not do that. So it wouldn't be a big issue. It would be like, Oh well, if we're going to play together, let me get my switch light and move it back to the to the other switch, right? So mm-hmm. there's no, there wouldn't be a time where it was going to be like that, where like my kids were going to be playing it when I was trying to play it. Does that make sense? No, it does not to me. I'm sorry, I'm lost because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm trying to tell I'm trying to tell you I understand you're going to play at home together, but when you want to go on the go and play. And maybe your kids do want to play at, on the home console version. You can't do that with one copy, right? I, I got that. And and no, but then to that saying, end, to that end, my son is buying his own copy of Animal Crossing for his own Switch. Okay, but my point is, is that I would just like the whole thing. The whole gripe is I want to be able to move it back and forth between which Switch I want it on. 
Yes. Which I can do with three twenty nine or, or 2,999 of the 3,000 Switch li- uh, game Switch library. I could do it with, except this but none one of those game. those games are like Animal Crossing, so that's what I'm trying to... I think that's what they're trying to... Yes, they need to figure it out. I yeah. don't disagree with that. So what, they so should what have had this what, figured out by this time, yeah, but they don't. Yeah. So what, they, what they're what they doing is getting the game out so you can start playing it and then get start figuring it out. We totally disagree with that, I understand, and I don't like it either. And, and, I don't like being able to back thing. it up. But what let's I'm not, Yeah, at, let's not even get into I'm that trying whole to look thing at, What I'm trying to look at is the other aspects of it too. What What we have now is what we got you know we're getting it march 20th without the save so what can we do in the meantime if we get if we if there's enough people that get screwed if there's enough people that get screwed there may be a lawsuit at hand i don't know but i don't that's the thing is it's it's frustrating it it is frustrating i could see you're just as frustrated as i am was with ea and nintendo right so <laughs> like it, it's 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 moving it's it's for this one game it is rewinding the clock back to before Nintendo Switch Online basically to GameCube it's, if your Switch breaks if your Switch if your Switch breaks too bad and now we talked about that too it's like going back to the Breath of the Wild days when you've got all those yeah. hours yep. and then you lose yeah. your game then you're screwed you got what I want is is that for people who are super serious about this game, and I would, I, I even though I, I don't like this, I wouldn't call myself super serious about Animal Crossing. But I wonder if that coupled with the the save transfer thing, if the the worry of losing all those hours is going to make super serious Animal Crossing fan boys and girls delay purchase of this game. Well, we know one person that's a super serious Animal Crossing player, and we have our own community who are super serious too. They certainly do have their, um, you know, they're having second thoughts about it, right? But then the, yeah. the other person we know who has what four Switch lights <laughs> yeah. is, which is you know the Nintendo Guru. He didn't seem to be bothered by it, at, at least as far as no, I know. No, in fact, well, when I said something about doesn't this, mean he, he just plays said I just all want of to play them. the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, and all of this, and I said this in both places, I complained about it today. I totally get this is quote unquote, hashtag first world problems, right? I get it (laughs) because I literally have a console that goes at home and on the go in my original switch, but I just travel with my light more. So I guess I'll, the, the compromise I'm making right now is that it's going on the home switch so I can play it on the TV with my wife. And when I travel, I just won't take it with me. Sucks to one suck. The, what it, one of the things I try to look at is the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, so that I don't get as pissed off as you do. <laughs> and that is, you know, I'm trying to see if this issue, and I mentioned it in the pre-show, was if this thing that they're doing has anything to do with Doug Bowser alluded to last year about a new way to back up your uh, save data and, or transfer it between two systems. Because he alluded to that last E3, I believe it was, that there was a new way yeah. they were working on. It was coming. And I, and I wonder if... It's on the micro SD card. <laughs> and 
put it in the computer, right? Yeah. And just put it on. <laughs> and just put it in the next system. It's yeah. not hard. It, it's it hard. almost it, works that way for 3DS. Thing, like, I love. It took them a I, while for that, is, too, this didn't is it? Who I am with this, okay? Like, I'm, this is how I feel about this issue. And this maybe this is the parenting part of this episode. Is like, I feel about this like I do when I look at my kids and I'm like, y'all, the answer or the thing that you need is right in front of you. Like my, my daughter on the daily has a meltdown about, I can't find my glasses. I can't find my shoes. I can't find it's right there. <laughs> it's right in front of you. Just look. <laughs> that's how I feel. This is, that's how I'm relating to Nintendo. I love you. Totally frustrating. <laughs> yes. But totally. Gosh, frustrating. I, I with you. It is but I try not to think about it because otherwise I'll get at your level. <laughs> at least we have each other to commiserate about, uh, yes. about it with, right? So look, let's get off Animal Crossing. I'm sure people are tired of us talking about this. Let's talk about some sales numbers. Or extremely entertaining, right one of the two. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this week, the uh, January 2020 MPD sales numbers released. Uh, and once again, Nintendo Switch is the best-selling console uh for the month not just in units sold but also in dollar sales as well um and uh this just is continuing and here's the crazy thing about this is that we're not riding the smash brothers wave yeah. in january 2020 um great point but, but benji let's let's break this down and talk about this here for a minute especially on the system level is there any wave we are riding? Um, I've also noticed that Bloomberg reported this week that in April we could see global Nintendo Switch shortages. Uh, wow. I'm guessing that's due to production uh, issues with the coronavirus and things over in China. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what you're hearing and uh, what do you, do you think this trend is going to continue for Switch uh, in the first quarter of the year? Yeah, absolutely. So Switch just in terms of hardware sales continues to just completely dominate the market. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. It's completely dominating the market right now. Um, has been really all of 2019 and now we're kicking off 2020 and it's looking the same way. Um, I don't anticipate that slowing down anytime soon. Um, in fact, you know, honestly, I, the only month I could see Switch potentially not being the best-selling console for the month is potentially when The Last of Us Part Two drops. Um, if Sony has like a, a big price promotion, you know, around the PS4 during that time. But honestly, other than that, until the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X come out, you know, I'm, I'm just going to anticipate Switch is the best-selling console every single month up until they launch, um, you know, by, by a big margin. Uh, so switch is just dominating, dominating the market. Um, one thing I noticed in January is that in Japan switches like was way up in January over the previous year. Um, the U S wasn't quite the same. It was actually down from the previous January, but only slightly. And like you said, last year we had the smash bump, you know, we were riding that huge smash wave. And yes, there is a Pokemon wave going on right now, but Pokemon was back, you know, towards the end of November. Um, 
so overall, super, super, super impressed with the Switch. Um, January was was another great month for it. And yeah, I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. The one thing that's a little troubling is, like you said, the coronavirus, right? That is a potential major issue. It's not right now in the U.S. So right now, stock is, is completely fine. Stock's completely good. Nothing to worry about there. Japan's a different story. So Japan already has shortages. Um, but in the West, not just in the U.S., but Europe, they're saying late March into April, you could start to see, uh, you know, the shortages pop up because, you know, it's delaying, you know, manufacturing over there. So that could be an issue. And it comes, you know, the, the timeline's a little worrying because that lines right up with Animal Crossing's release. Right. And I think we're all expecting Animal Crossing to sell a lot of consoles. Um, so that will be one thing to watch that 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 could potentially be a very big deal. Yeah, and and I think this is one thing to note here is this is not just affecting Nintendo. It's affecting tech companies across the board. I know this th- mm-hmm. this week that Apple yep. is already predicting a, a shortfall in its sales figures uh, due to the coronavirus. Of course, mm-hmm. with Foxconn being huge in China, <laughs> that's uh, that's and and factories factories. What what you have to understand is if you're not familiar with this, is that not only are factories shut down for the virus factories have been shut down for chinese new year uh so which is about two weeks am i right uh it's a it's like yeah. a two-week yeah, period right that, that they everybody is gone like china shuts down uh being being into board games i hear about this a lot especially around ki- backing games on kickstarter mm. that uh it's like hey we were going to get it out but then we ran into chinese new year and now the factories are shut down <laughs> for two weeks and shipping shut down and all kinds of stuff so yeah um i i, I mean do we expect that if all goes well that this animal crossing switch is probably going to bump them quite a few oh units. yeah be huge mm-hmm. yep i'm expecting animal crossing in general to have a huge effect so animal crossing new leaf um you know on the 3ds sold over 12 million units you know very very big game and uh new horizons is tracking even bigger as of right now so okay. i mean as long as the inventory's there uh i think animal crossing could have a monstrous effect but that coronavirus, you know, that's worrying. And like you said, it's affecting all of tech. It's not just Nintendo. And if this continues long term, you know, uh, just, you know, I know it's this is a Nintendo podcast, but it could even affect PlayStation and Xbox. Like that's was, how big yeah, that's how was, big the coronavirus is, is becoming in terms of like harming manufacturing is it'll be interesting to see uh, if this has any effect on on what happens to Xbox and PlayStation 2. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking the same thing. It wouldn't surprise me if there are like – like we level types of shortages for the first six months mm-hmm. uh, post launch. That was rough. Very possible. Very possible. It, it, it's, I remember it's too early days. to know, you know, it's too early to know yet. Maybe we get lucky and, and this thing slows down, you know, in the next month or two. But if we're unlucky and, and it keeps going all the way into the summer, yeah, it could have some major, major ramifications for, for the yep. whole video game industry. Uh, I mean, uh, and and by range of ramifications, like I'm I'm guessing you're thinking like, here's two companies, Sony and Microsoft, who've said holiday 2020 for their new console, and either they're hard or near impossible to get, or the release window has to slip. Yeah, it's due right. to that. It's hard to tell exactly which way it could go, but sure. I, I would not be shocked if you know. 
if, if this continues where we're all you know hoping that it stops soon not just for video games but for the health of everyone but uh it's one of those things that it's a very volatile situation and it's already impacting the industry right now. Like for Switch, you know, shortages in Japan are happening right now. You know, that's one thing I, I tweeted out recently. It was, it was it's interesting is that uh, last week light became 80 percent of Switch sales in Japan. And the reason for that is because, you know, they had light still on the shelves like they had a, a good stock of it. But the regular Switch because of those shortages is rapidly running out. So normally, like you said, it's it's closer to that like 30%. And now all of a sudden you're seeing light just shoot up to like 80%. So, you know, it could be crazy if this actually hits the West and, you know, in April we're seeing shortages like that. It could be a big deal. Yeah. And I mean, in the midst of that, Nintendo announced this week a new edition of the Nintendo Switch Lite the, uh, in Coral. Uh, and it's going to release uh, ahead of – or actually, it releases after Animal Crossing. Am I right about that? I think it's first part of April. Ooh, I don't remember the date. I'm verifying it. I had a link in to the Amazon page. Uh, April 3rd. I thought it was March. April 3rd. Yeah, so so two weeks – basically two weeks after Animal Crossing, the new uh, Switch Lite is out as well. Let me ask you this, uh, Benji. You mentioned The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, being a uh, being a, a drive for sales for Sony, do you think that uh, do you think that we'll see something similar uh, in April when Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out? You know, I, I think it could help, but I don't think it'll have the same kind of impact as The Last of Us. You know, PlayStation's kind of in the same. Uh, situation that Xbox is in to a degree right now, in that. Uh, you know, so many people already have them because they've been out for so long. Like, you know, I can't go into details because it's all, you know, NDA data. But but let's just say that January, for example, for PlayStation and Xbox was was really bad. It was really, really bad um, in unit <laughs> sales like that. Um, so <laughs> if that continues, we're, we're just so late in the cycle for them. And, you know, their their next platforms are already announced. So, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if you see a, a bit of a bump from Final Fantasy, but I think really the last one in the tank that could really move units for PlayStation, Nintendo still got a bunch um, because Switch is only in its third year, you know, so they still have a lot of room to grow. Um, but for PlayStation, The Last of Us, I think is really the last hurrah, you know, the last chance right. of it, you know, taking number one for the month. I, I'll be, I don't see it any other month. It could happen. Gotcha. Uh, let's talk about uh, a little bit of these game sales. This is um, mm -hmm. physical sales only. Digital sales are not included for some of these, um, uh, the ones that have an asterisk by them. And I'll kind of make a, a note of that uh, as we go down through here. Uh, the number one selling a Nintendo Switch game for January was Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which <laughs> is not oh. surprising, but at the same time is a little surprising. Yeah, uh, in it's like because, a year-old game beating out Pokemon. A year-old game uh, up against Pokemon. Yep. Uh, number two, also, uh, to me, this at this point, this is not a shocker. Mario Kart, <laughs> Mario Kart 8. 8. <laughs> See, I'm not even looking at the list. <laughs> I have not seen this <laughs> list, two, and I knew what you were going to say. number two uh, selling game. But I will <laughs> tell you where I am pleasantly surprised, and that is in number three, Ring Fit Adventure. Was yes. the number three selling Nintendo I, Switch game in January? I heard that's getting scalped in pretty heavily, which is yep. Wow. 
Yeah, so that is definitely, I agree. That was the biggest impressive performance to me. We already kind of got a hint it was doing pretty well because in December, this might sound low, but in December it was the 20th best-selling game of the month in the U.S., which I know sounds low, but December is like a a huge month. Like things are just selling like crazy. So to make the top 20 at all, you're, you're selling a good amount of units. So we already had an indication like, Ooh, ring fits doing, doing pretty good. And then all of a sudden to see it like shoot up the charts, you know, in January, it's like, wow, that's, that. it was a very, that was the one that really impressed me out of the Nintendo. Well, you're, you're boosted by, you're boosted by the resolution crowd. Yeah. Right? I think that uh, is like, a part. I really, I mean, do. I, I kind of bought it as my, re- as a part of my new year's resolution as well. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, like I, I think this is like, if you're Nintendo and you're looking at ring fit adventure, uh, you've got to be happy with how this is, is performing right now, Absolutely. not just in America, but worldwide. I mean, people in Japan standing in line, uh, at, when stores open to get ring fit adventure, uh, this is decidedly a much different experiment than Labo. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one that going into it, I saw a lot of comparisons. A lot of people, you know, when we didn't know how it was going to perform, you know, know, people were like, is this the next Labo? Because, you know, Labo, as unique as it was in terms of sales, was a bit of a miss. Um, But no, yeah, we can safely say Ring Fit is not a Labo. (laughs) Not at all. I heard people in the Discord, I think it was last week, talking about that they wanted to start seeing other games use Mm -hmm. the RingCon. And in different ways, and see what other other companies can do with it. Definitely, I think that would be great. Um, there's a lot of potential there for Which that. Yeah. Would limit uh, the audience but, to only those who owns the hardware, because I don't think you can right. buy a Ring Kong separately, like you used to be able to buy the the balance board separately. Back, in I the think actually, days. I think that you can. I think it's on like the store.nintendo.com. I think you can go in there. Well, you just can't go to Walmart and pick it up is what I mean. Right. Yeah. They would, I mean, they would have to make it available uh, mm-hmm. that way. And knowing Nintendo, they'd make five of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's run down the, let's run no, that, down the rest of this list. That, that's the, ami- the ring fit amiibo that I'm making five of. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still looking for Simon. <laughs> I can't find him. Uh, Pokemon Sword coming in at number four, which isn't much of a surprise. Number five, Luigi's Mansion. Uh, three, uh, which is awesome. Uh, again, we talked about a few weeks ago that that had sold uh, right around north of five million copies. So Luigi's Mansion doing really good. Breath of the Wild hanging on at number six. Uh, Pokemon Shield at number seven. New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe at number eight. <laughs> wow. Uh, followed by Mario Party at number nine, and then the only non Nintendo published game on the list. Just Dance 2020, <laughs> or uh, as as it's listed right now on Amazon, Dummy Parent One. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> the listing for Just Dance on uh, on Amazon a few days ago, uh, it was called Dummy Parent One. Was it really? That is. Hilarious. I don't know that it's still there. But, uh, it was. I didn't know I that actually. That's hilarious. In the flesh for myself. Uh, <laughs> If you had to guess, Benji, um, what, like, by the time uh, Nintendo releases its next financials report, let's just Mm. say the next quarter earnings or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, what do you, which games do you think are going to be there in the top five? Ooh, like, uh, 
for the quarter. So definitely Pokemon's going to be right there near the top um, in terms of like combined shipments because Nintendo will combine their shipments, whereas NPD will track them separately. You know, like how you said Sword was in one spot and Shield in another. Nintendo, right. they just they just put it all together whenever they give that number. So definitely you're going to see Pokemon way up there. Um Definitely, it's hilarious. But Mario Kart, it's it's at twenty two million sold, and it just doesn't stop, which is crazy. Whenever you think that the Switch is at you know fifty two million, that means almost half of every single Switch sold has Mario Kart. That's a it's a crazy attach rate. Um, and continues to have that yeah, attach rate. So just, for every two yeah. switches sold to someone new, one 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 person is buying a cart. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's insane. So. Definitely you'll see Mario Kart in there. I suspect you'll see Luigi. Luigi seems to be having good legs. You know, it came out whenever you think about it back at the end of October and it's still charting in January. So uh, that's a very good performance. Um, And then, of course, you know, Animal Crossing will be out right at the end, you know, because their their quarter will end in March. So you'll definitely see Animal Crossing in there really high up in terms of their shipment. It'll be interesting to see what the... what the fiscal numbers look like after it's only been on the market for 11 days. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be exciting. Yeah. Look at Pokemon doing 16 million in its first quarter. That was mind blowing. Yeah. Weeks. And I, do you think that Pokemon is, is, well, let me ask this Pokemon sword and shield. Is it the only game on the switch right now that can catch Mario Kart? Ooh, yeah, probably. It's the only one right now with with any chance. Nothing else is. I mean, there's other games selling amazing. Like you said, Breath of the Wild is still doing fantastic. Smash, maybe. Smash has a a bit of a shot. It could, um, because it, you know it's surprising that it's number one. Like you said, that that's pretty surprising in January that it's still the the number one game. So Smash, maybe, but I would say of the two. Pokemon combined, Sword and Shield combined, has the best shot at, at catching Mario Kart. For it sure, was, uh, we can we can just chalk it all up to uh, Byleth being revealed as the fifth <laughs> DLC character. Yeah, right. That's that's what drove it in. Uh, well, man, thanks for chatting. Those uh, I wish Justin was here to put on his business hat with you and uh, talk with a little bit uh, of those. Yeah, but uh, let's discuss another topic here. Uh, that has come into us this week, shall we? All right, so a few of us uh, here around the Nintendo Dads HQ have uh, gone rogue and played Jedi Fallen Order on a non-Nintendo system. Uh, I'm looking at me, Tim. I'm looking at you. Um, ben, uh, Benji, have you have you played Jedi Fallen Order? Yep, played it and beat it. Oh yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, I agree. Jesse, did you play it at all? No. Okay. The last, the last Star Wars uh, game I tried playing was uh, the one of the Wii Force Unleashed, I think, and didn't get far. Well, uh, this is kind of like Dark Souls and Star Wars, so which not appetizing to me. That doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of that, that's kind of why I said that. Uh, so, kind of boldened by the success of Jedi Fallen Order, and uh, also Tim mentioned earlier Spider Man uh, for the PlayStation uh, and Kingdom Hearts. I would say uh, Disney has made a statement this week 
that they want game uh, game developers to reimagine their franchises. And uh, this got our wheels turning as we talked about it a little bit before the show. And my wheels have been turning on it this week as I've thought about it, about what would it be like or or what would you love to see uh, this look like? Like which game developer would you love to take on uh, a Disney franchise and just go wild with it for a game? Uh, And so – We've been thinking about this. I have an on example of of something that was previously tried and didn't work very well. Okay, Epic Mickey. Ooh, yeah, a lot of promise there, but the game sucked. Yeah, mm. it, it. I. I. That was a game I bought. I enjoyed it. I never finished it. It. It, it definitely had problems. But oh yeah, with... saying that game had problems is an understatement. <laughs> I love the lore behind it. The lore yeah, behind the lore, it. Fantastic. That, that, that's what kept me in as long as it did. Yeah, like the initial I remember seeing the initial planning, you know, of that game and like the, the development of that game and all the, yes. the artwork coming out mm. about it and the story, and I was just like, This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I played it, I was like, this is not awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it would be a good example of a developer reimagining a Disney franchise. Mm. So, I want to know what you guys have got. I want to hear your ideas. What Disney franchise would you love to see reimagined as a game, and and what type of game, and who's doing it? Mm. I would love to see. It's a, it's a Disney owned property. It's not one of disney themselves you know it's not like the 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 cartoons that, that many of us grew up with but i would love to see i'm i'm a comic book nerd i'm a, I'm a superhero guy um i would love to see a doctor strange game i just think his powers would, would translate so cool i think there's so much you could do there with doctor strange so many cool enemies and, and places you could go uh, that would be one of my dream games. I, I just think he would work so good in a video game setting. I, I think it would translate really, really well. In VR, I don't know if you have. I don't know if you have anybody in mind to develop that, but I think Sucker Punch would do a really good job Ooh. with Doctor Strange. Yeah, that would be sweet. That See, would be what sweet. I was thinking as you were talking about that is, and and Sucker Punch would like. You saying that, like, God, that would be awesome. <laughs> you know what else would be really good? It's because Doctor Strange deals with uh, a different aspect of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. You, you said it, like, all the villains and the, the dimensions and Dormammu and all this stuff. What an awesome survival horror game that would be. Oh, yeah. With Doctor You're speaking Strange. to me. I love survival horror. So <laughs> oh, that, would be, that would be perfect. I, I would be amazing. I'd be all in. <laughs> Yeah, there's just so that much you can do cool. there. Like you said, you could make it kind of spooky. You could make it kind of scary. His powers are different than like a normal superhero. You know what I mean? A lot of normal superheroes, you're, you know, in an Iron Man suit or or something like that. But he's got like these magic powers, so it make it makes him really unique. And yeah, there's just so much you could do there. Love it. That man. That sounds like God. <laughs> now I want this game. <laughs> anybody else well i don't have any of my own ideas but i i'm liking some of the ideas in the chat so if 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 yeah let's hear them if tim's still thinking i I have one all right let's do tim let's have have tim go first i have a couple of them but one of them when we were talking earlier uh 
Marty, you and I were talking about a game we liked that Disney did, but never did again, which was Split Second, which was a racing game that you would race through uh, environments that was getting destroyed or blown up or crumbling around you. And uh, as you guys were talking, I just realized one developer I think that would be really good at developing, redeveloping a sequel to that would be the game developer behind Asphalt. Because I've been a really big fan of Asphalt, and that's Gameloft. Mm. Now, even though they've done mobile games, they really I think they did a really good job on the port to Switch. And I've been really loving it. I like racing games. And I think the, how they represent that game, Asphalt, in on the Switch, or even mobile for that fa- matter. And they've done games for 3DS, in fact. They've done Asphalt games for that. I think they would be really good at doing a split second game. That yes. Yeah, very yes. cool. Yes. I would I'd love to see that that franchise come back because it was a cool concept of like world or do you do you call it world destruction? <laughs> Map destruction and racing at the same time like you could trigger events to happen based on how well you did. That was really cool. What about your second idea? Uh, second out of three, I guess. Uh, the second one is, a, <laughs> and this is probably a lofty dream, but a game this lofty. Would dream? Not only <laughs> <laughs> this would not only include Disney, but other properties as well, and that would be um, doing something like. Uh, oh crap! I'm losing it. Uh, <laughs> taking. Starting with the um, Disney uh, toy box thing, Infinity. what was that called? The Infinity. Thanks. Doing uh, that, yeah. And taking Amiibos and taking Skylanders and doing uh, a game that would bring those all together. They probably couldn't do the toys again, but bring all those together, mash it all up into Animal Crossing kind of like- Festival. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you got it. The newest one. No, I was <laughs> with Animal Elsa was my third and... idea, but this, this idea was to do kind of like you know how we got Mario and Sonic at the Olympics would do something like uh, I guess a mini games, I guess using all the different types of toys of life type things that they used to do. Yeah, I knew. I know Infinity had like some really big fans. I never played Infinity, but there were some people that really loved that game. I will. To me, there wasn't like a really groundbreaking game there, but the design of the characters, like just the aesthetic of the figures and uh, just the actual toys themselves, not in game and out of game, was spectacular. Mm. Just awesome. And the third I mean, thing it, it was got a little too ambitious. The third thing was Animal Crossing that, that since they're, we're going to be connected online, that we do kind of like the Fortnite thing, I guess, if you will, where you can download patterns or whatever that would be disney designs um any of their properties uh, so that you can have a shirt with you know captain marvel uh on it or you know uh captain america just through the qr codes yes so or even Hmm. bring it or even some uh characters from disney itself that would come visit your island you know i think would be kind of cool when you said Animal Crossing, I thought you were going to say like an a uh, 
hundred acre wood animal crossing. <laughs> yeah, so, I thought we were going battle royale. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so uh, before we before we head to the chat, because I don't want them to steal my idea, I'm gonna throw this out here. And I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say a developer and a franchise, and I think you'll get it. Here it is. You ready for this? Sure. Blizzard Star Wars. Ooh. Ooh. Give me my Clone Wars strategy game developed by Blizzard. Uh, Blizzard scares me lately, though, so I don't know. Yeah, they they do. That is true, but Blizzard at their best is amazing. Can I I rewind and say, like, late 90s, (laughs) early 2000s Blizzard? There we go. That's fair. Uh, Like, I would love there to be, because I don't, to my knowledge, I don't think there's ever been a Star Wars strategy game. Mm. There's been, there's been like, well, yeah, there's been like, there's one that's like forces of destiny or something like, it's almost like kingdom rush or whatever, where you send the units back and forth. But I'm talking about like commanding unit, like, you know, legions of units. Yeah, yes. like StarCraft. I, yes, Star like yeah. I just want StarCraft with Star Wars. <laughs> like, I, and and I want different campaigns. Like, I want to be able to control the the separatists, and I want to be able to control, you know, move it forward into the rebellion, and and then even you know DLC. You can do the new trilogy. You can do all yeah. that. It would be so cool to uh, to like to see all that. You know, either be the droids or or be the the clones. Uh, and have yes. major moments from the movies, but also fill in the gaps. I'm telling you, yes, an RTS yeah. uh, game that'd be cool. And like you know, what be you know, what would be even cooler is use this use this awesome processing power and all this stuff that we have right now, and have it where I can zoom in from space onto the planet where the battle's going on, command my planetary forces, and then zoom back out to space Ooh, and command my ship. Space battle. Up there. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> Ambitious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. And there's definitely this. enough there, like in the lore, you know, all the vehicles and stuff. There's definitely yes, enough. That's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. can you imagine playing a mission that is the Battle of Scarif from Rogue One? Ooh. I mean, come on! <laughs> now I, I was this thinking too. too. I was thinking uh, even from whoever develops the Age of Empires games. I think oh, would yeah. be kind of cool if you went back, not necessarily tell what you're saying from a StarCraft point of view, the stories we know, but maybe starting, you know, thousands of years before any of the stories we're familiar with, to kind of build out, just like you do in Age of Empires. Just you know, start from just a few people starting out, and then they start. You know, are they force sensitive uh, culture? Or are they not? Um, and do you you know? Just all, I think there's a lot there that could be done on the Age of Empire side. Too, yeah, I mean, like you know, when we when we typically think of a Star Wars game, we think about flying with with space combat, or we think about we got to control somebody who's swinging a lightsaber around and using the force and like Jedi Fallen Order. But man, there's so much, there's so many genres of games that that could tap into and it still be really authentically Star Wars. Oh, I, yeah. But yeah, you can the just thing have is, like regular shooting elements with the blasters. Just, yeah. You know, like th- thinking back, 
like when I used to play the Lego Star Wars games, I used to, I think the blaster characters were the least interesting. I preferred the, the, the lightsaber characters, but of course you could, every, every mission can't have a lightsaber character. They, they still mix it up, but at least there was, they had that mix of other weapon types in there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's hear some of these chat ideas. Okay, Burpee twenty four says a Herbie racing game. <laughs> Herbie the love bug. Yeah. Nice. He, he also mentions a, a, a redo of Rescue Rescue Rangers. Ooh. Yes. Uh, Avery Co- uh, Avery Cope says a Bioware developed X Men title in the vein oh, of yeah. Knights of oh, the Old Republic. Yeah. A sandbox yep. mutant power game. That's real good. And a Mario Party with a Disney IP. And I'd buy that. He says Blizzard would amputate Star Wars. <laughs> Wait, going back to the Mario Party one, didn't they try that with Zoom Zoom stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. I honestly forgot about that. <laughs> I don't they think did. I ever knew about that. I, I, yeah. I know nothing about Zoom Zoom. It just it goes in one ear and out the other, and I'm yeah, okay with that. We, we, we got that for my daughter for Christmas. She played it three times. Oh man, <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking it's not good, uh, but yeah, man, this like I I think we could sit around the horn here and just shoot ideas all night long. But uh, I, I think that that the main thing is is that to take away from this is that with the success of these IP and these games, that Disney is getting serious about game development again, and uh, it's something that we haven't seen for a while uh, outside of Kingdom Hearts. Right. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm interested to see. I, it is like it's very obvious that we will get a, a Jedi Fallen Order sequel. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Or something else like that. Um, there, there's been a rumbling of uh, like Knights of the Old Republic getting a remaster or something like that, because those uh, it's, it was Darth Revan that was in that one. Right. Uh, that that's canonical now due to the uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. One of the battalions was named the Revan Battalion or something yeah. like that. Uh, so there's there's a talk of that coming around again. Uh, I would love to play like the Knights of the Old Republic story done in the style of Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, I think that would be cool. But but anyway, uh, tons of speculation we could do here. Uh, the main thing here that we need to talk about that's sad is that none of these games would ever come to Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Because they'd all be owned by EA. So, uh, you know, there there are games right now that could come to the Nintendo Switch, like the Disney Afternoon Collection, that are not for some crazy reason. Uh, but I don't you know. understand the EA Switch thing. I honestly don't. No, I, don't no, I actually have a question about that, Benji, uh, that I actually wrote down to ask you. Ah, are perfect. There any, are there any numbers that would convince or deter EA from developing games for the Switch. I'm trying to figure out, because like I mentioned earlier, it it baffles me why EA, and I I know a lot of people fight me on this too. It's a business. I understand that. So, okay, I'm looking at it from a business perspective. What is, and I know the argument is EA says most of our players, the numbers show most of our players play on other consoles and not Nintendo. Because the games are there. (laughs) Well, yeah, because you're putting the games there and the games you've put on Nintendo consoles sucked. 
you didn't put enough effort behind them, at least in my opinion. Uh, and I could be wrong. I heard the 3DS game for uh, the last 3DS game they made, the NFL one, the Madden one, was actually pretty good. Or at least people just want it because it was the last one. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was just wondering if you've seen any numbers or anything that would support EA's decision on. Because to, to me, it seems like it would be they want money, they like money. Mm. So yeah. let's develop a game that let's put some some decent effort behind something that would sell to that audience. Mm. So so here's my thought. I think kind of two thoughts. One is that partially depends on the game and the scope, right? So like I don't think it's really feasible to put like when they were making Anthem at the time. I don't right. really think that would have worked on the Switch. You know, that 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 particular game, I, I just don't think it, it would have been a good fit. But to the the stance to where it's like EA is at where it's like we're not putting basically anything on the Switch or so like very low effort. Um the numbers don't back that up, in my opinion. I've seen plenty of third-party games sell very strong, including M-rated games like Mortal Kombat and Doom. Um, so there is most definitely an audience on the Switch for these third-party, you know, adult-oriented, you know, targeted, like these M-rated games. I'm not saying, like, everything even needs to be M. They can put E-rated games, but there's an audience there. You know, Nintendo's kind of known for their first party, right? That's why a lot of us go out and we'll buy a Nintendo system. But, you know, that's the main draw for sure. But, uh, yeah, the stance that they take to me is weird. You're seeing plenty of other publishers put games on the Switch. Plenty. Uh, you know, you're seeing Activision with games. You're seeing, uh, you know, 2K putting games. You're seeing Bethesda putting games. Um so for EA to really not do much, there's a couple. They'll do like the FIFA Legacy, you know, like something like that. Um, but yeah, they really should be doing more, I think. I definitely think there's a market there. Yeah. And I think another person, uh, in fact, our last guest uh, last week brought up uh, Witcher 3. Yeah. That was brought to the Switch uh, that they didn't believe it sold as well as they needed it to. That uh, um, that company, I forget their name. uh uh, who who developed the Witcher game? It was, uh, CD uh, Project Red. Yes, that they said their sales were okay. So I mm. don't know if, if if there was any numbers out there that would support, you know, that they their effort was was worthwhile, mm. or if it's something that EA also looks at. I don't know if it's public or not, but if EA looks at it and says, well, look at Witcher, you know, they put all that effort well, into it and it didn't sell it, well. It's also harder to compare putting Witcher on the Switch versus other systems that it's now a two-year-old game as opposed yeah. to putting them out there day and date with the other systems. Yeah, it makes a big difference. That is true. And it's my, my argument's always been just put some effort behind, uh, like, say... I'm still baffled why they don't put a Madden game on there because you could still... I know Frozen... The uh, Frostbite uh, engine isn't one that would probably work on the Switch, but I always thought that the nostalgia people would buy it, and even some of the football fans would buy it if they went back to, say, their SNES look, you know, the mm. 94, 95, 96 look, and just had a new roster. I would appreciate call, that. Call that a legacy edition. Don't give us last year's game with a new year with a new year on it yes. and call it done. Just change the roster, yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I yeah. think EA's kinda all in on like 
really, really profitable. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe they look at some of their games and they're like, yeah, we could do okay with this on the Switch, but we'd rather just focus all of our efforts on, you know, uh, FIFA Ultimate, you know, online card stuff and, and things like this, you know. Um, but if the question strictly is, if, if, you're, if we're just looking at it as, are there third-party games that definitely can sell well on Switch? Absolutely. I, I still think I've taken the stance, especially with the install base continuing to grow. If it makes sense, if it's not super impossible to get your game ported to the system, I don't see why you'd ignore it. I just don't see why. At this point, I, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, what you you said earlier, NDA and all that, but I mean, we're all pretty sure that that they've passed Xbox One now in terms of lifetime yeah. sales. Yeah, they have. And so, kind of the whole we only support next gen consoles that are profitable argument goes out the window when the games on Xbox One. What and then it becomes. We uh, are lazy and we don't want to try to do anything else. It's it's easy to port between PS4 and Xbox One because they run on the same architecture. The Switch does yeah. not. It requires just effort. less effort. Yeah, and, and, yeah. It's, and it's less powerful, so they have to tweak things down, and they don't want to do that. And we lost him, but uh, hopefully he comes back. Yeah, hopefully he does. <laughs> uh, since Tim's gone uh, and we're kind of winding this down, let it, let's move on to what we've been playing. Mm. All right, Benji, this is uh, your time to shine here. Uh, again, guests on Nintendo Dads go first. So uh, just uh, what we do here is we just kind of try to do a brief flyover of what we've been playing uh, so it doesn't get a little long in the tooth. But uh, tell us what you've been playing lately. Yeah, so... In terms of Switch first, uh, I've been playing, I'm still chipping away at Pokemon Sword. That's a game I uh, I didn't, like, I don't sit there and play, like, huge stretches of Pokemon Sword. I kind of jump into it, you know, a couple times a week, play it for, you know, a couple hours. That's kind of the way I approach Pokemon. I didn't rush through it. So I'm still chipping away at Sword. Uh, and I'm playing a lot of Ring Fit Adventure. I actually really like it. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Ring Fit. Um those are kind of the two I've been focused on on Switch right now. Uh, I'm actually getting ready to play Xenoblade Chronicles 2 for the first time. Haven't started that yet, but I've heard pretty good things. Uh, and then outside of, of Nintendo, I've been playing a lot of Rainbow Six Siege and uh, The Witcher 3, which we were just talking about. I've been replaying The Witcher 3 after I watched the uh, The Witcher Netflix show. It made me want to jump back into uh, The Witcher 3 game, yeah. so I'm replaying that too. I know nothing about the Witcher franchise, but I still want to watch that Netflix show. I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. Yeah, it's good. It can be a little confusing with the timeline stuff. You know, I won't go into any spoilers, but it can be a little confusing at times. Keeping my track wife has watched it, which surprised me that she wanted yeah. to. Yeah, but uh, but it's good. I thought she, they did a good job. She knew nothing of the franchise either mm-hmm. so, up until so she knows more than I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I. I I would be going into it blind as well. I don't know anything about the franchise other than what I've played of three. Yeah. So, which is admittedly not that that much. Tim's back. Uh, but while he's coming back, uh, Jesse, why don't you tell us what you have been playing as well? All right. So I I followed up on what you, on your recommendation. I tried uh, 1980X and I think it was the fourth 
stage, the one that's kind of like Strider. The one I told you you'd hate? I And you are not wrong. And <laughs> yeah, when, when they started putting bottomless pits in there, I'm like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> you know, you, so it's like, the, I don't, that, that was the third stage of that section. Is that the last stage at least, or is there more garbage after that? There's a boss <laughs> fight at the end of that stage. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, I was interested in seeing what the last stage is you told me about sounded interesting, but I'm probably never going to see it. But at least if I get back to it, I can at least start at that fourth stage, but I have to start at the beginning and then go through the first two pieces of it over again, which basically I have to re-memorize the jumps and ducks and whatnot. I didn't even know you can duck until the third part of it. Yeah. You have to. That is that is the only thing about that game that I would say is a gripe at all is that the they do nothing to explain the buttons like they don't do anything to to help you out which n- makes it very nostalgic right <laughs> right <laughs> okay so then so that that was a few hours uh, g- uh, gone it didn't take long to get through what I what I did get through but uh, so. I may or may not get back to it. I don't know yet. Um, so speaking of Netflix shows, I watched Dragon Quest Your Story, which I think I talked a little bit about when, when that was originally announced. It was in Japanese theaters last year. Finally came to uh, North America, English dubbed on Netflix. And it's more or less the story of Dragon Quest V. And I knew, without without going into spoilers, I, you know, I knew... I knew the ending was uh, debatable about people's liking it or not. Some people think it's a great way to end it. Some people are like, nah. And I think I'm in the nah section. I don't like how it ended. Mm. So uh, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, watch it and then let me know what you think. So I've got uh, it in my queue. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, if you've never played a Dragon Quest game before, that's fine. Um, it, the first part of the movie does kind of seem like it's going fast, and but you, the, the movie tells you what you need to know to understand the bulk of the movie. So it's you, you're not really missing out by not knowing the story in advance. But if you think you want to play the game before watching the movie, so you're not spoiled by anything. That might be a good idea too. Uh, so, but after I watched the movie, I wanted to replay the the game. So I put my Dragon Quest V Hand of the Heavenly Bride cart in my 3DS and played about five minutes before it soft locked. <laughs> and oh man! <laughs> so I next day I tried it again. I got about ten minutes in before the soft locked. So I'm like, okay, I don't know if it's the system or the cart because. You know, I think this is the first time I ever put a cart into that system. You know, I bought it about a year ago. I, I'm not, I'm most of my library is digital. So I'm like, so my my kids found their old DS Lite. Whoa. <laughs> I, the thing even had a charge. I don't know how long it's been <laughs> lying around. Wow. And so I, I, I put the cart in and played it. I played it for an hour and a half before it needed to be plugged in. I had to buy an adapter. <laughs> That is incredible. Once I got to about the 30 minute mark, I ordered one from Amazon and came came the next day. So I was able to charge it. And I am now. That's fantastic. About five or six hours in. So the cart is perfectly fine. 
Uh, so I think you know, the problem is the, the cartridge port in my 3DS. So I'm debating about whether I always want to leave it as is or, or send it in and risk having that uh, other things happen to it. And I'll, again, I don't. I know I play very few 3DS games, but I own enough that I would like to have a game work. So I don't know what it'll do. Anyway, so you know, yeah, Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest Five before playing Eleven has been my favorite game because I like how the story. It's a multi generational story. So the and uh, I just in the game I just reached the first time skip. So you start out you're six years old and now I'm sixteen. I didn't realize you were that young. <laughs> I wish I was sometimes. <laughs> I was going to throw it to Tim here and uh, get his uh, what he's been playing, but unfortunately, he's is he here? I'm here. Uh, well, he's you're voice just, only. I don't see you. Okay, your voice only. <laughs> I thought you were you were gone. Um, Tim, what have you been playing? Uh, well, this shouldn't take too long. I'm still playing Luigi's Mansion 3. I uh, just beat the 10th level and moving on to the 11th level. So um, that's basically what I've been playing. Uh, well, and I guess Mario Kart 2, trying uh, Mario Kart 8 as well to do the monthly mayhem stuff, trying to you know improve my records. But that's about it. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, actually haven't gotten to play many games this week either. It's been kind of a busy week. Uh, but today, I played a lot of Fortnite <laughs> today <laughs> as Chapter 2, Season 2 is officially upon us. And mm. both my son and I bought the Battle Pass, and uh, I was level 10 before you knew it. <laughs> uh, I There is something about this game that like I dropped off around season five or six of last chapter and didn't come back until chapter two launched. And since then it has just become a whole new game uh, for me. And I know that like a lot of people have said the same thing. I love the, the new improvements and I love the spy theme uh, of this season. Um, it's got a lot of really cool elements going on without spoiling a lot of things. You get to pick your, uh, your faction, when you get to level 20, you either get to be, you get to go with ghost or shadow, and that changes your characters that you earn through mm. the battle pass for the rest mm. of the, of the battle pass. Like they're either uh, black or white themed and there's new locations on the map that are occupied by henchmen who like, it's like, uh, and like, it's very spy movie esque. So like you drop in <laughs> and you're like taking them out and stealing their weapons and one thing that I thought was really interesting about this season is, is that the characters that you can earn are actually enemies on the map at these locations. Oh, interesting. So like the henchmen, the henchmen are, some of them are real deadly and some aren't, but these guys are like ace and they come after you. <laughs> and if you infiltrate these bases and are foraging around for stuff, you're going to get one of those on you and you're going to have to defeat them. And when you do, it drops uh, a spe like it drops their special weapon. Yeah, it's amazing so, how Fortnite always finds a way to bring people back. I have so many friends yeah. that have done the same thing. They've like fallen off for a while and then they always come back. They're yeah, so good and, at that. And yeah. the big, I guess, the big attraction for this season is uh, that Deadpool is uh, a secret character 
And so, uh, like when you first see the movie, when it launches, like you can see him in the background a couple of times and then he, um, like you can find him in the battle pass area. You can find his hideout and he gives you these missions and we, they're weekly missions, but like the mission this week was don't thank the bus driver. (laughs) So it's very, it's very, uh, Deadpool. So when you, when you're dropping Jesse, when the bus driver's carrying you over the map, you can press the down arrow on the, on the D pad to thank the bus driver. It's just a little thing. They, so you can drop without thanking him. And if you do that, (laughs) then you, you complete that Deadpool mission. (laughs) <laughs> that is funny. And so like awesome. the way it's the way it's doing it is working up like all like weekly missions do that. But there's also the one of the skins that you get this time is a completely customizable uh Fortnite skin called Maya, who has three point six million possible combinations. Whoa. So as you do the challenges, you can unlock like this week. It's being able to unlock hair customization and you can do one of four hair types next week. It's tattoos next week. It's, you know, so it's, it's bringing you back the whole time with daily challenges with challenges for the other characters, but now challenges for Deadpool and Maya. So there's tons to do for like 10 bucks. That's cool. So I, I'm really into it. It's, it's pretty good. I wonder, I wonder if there's going to be a tie in because you mentioned the, the espionage type aspect i wonder if there's going to be a tie-in to the 007 franchise you know because that movie comes out in april mm. Mm. i possibly because the battle pass is set to end april 20th Ooh. okay so there you go maybe yeah didn't they tie it in with john wick before too yes they yes. did yeah so Star they def- yeah they they uh, definitely do the movie tie-ins so it's possible in fact, they, they, you know, Star Wars had like an exclusive trailer play in game before. Mm. Yeah, Isn't that yeah. crazy? <laughs> and and like the thing is, is that when you go see Episode Nine and it says at the beginning that the Emperor's voice had been heard, you know where that came from? Fortnite. That was the <laughs> only place that was shown. Oh, that's <laughs> wild! That intergalactic <laughs> message, the, the intergalactic message that ties into the front of episode nine was in Fortnite. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> that is it is crazy, uh, guys. Let's dive, into, let's dive into our community spotlight here for just a second. <laughs> Guys, tonight we want to turn the community spotlight on uh, and spin it around over on to Benji Sales. And Benji, we are so glad that you have come and be a part of the show tonight. <laughs> Thanks, it's been, a it's been awesome. I, it's been so much fun talking to you. So uh, if you could just take a minute, tell people who you are, what you do, and where they can interact with you online. We want to yeah. get them connected to you. Yeah, so um, Benji Sales is the best way to find me on Twitter. I'm just at Benji Sales. Um, that's where I'm by far the most active. I also have a YouTube, um, which is the same thing, Benji Sales. I don't upload a ton onto YouTube. I do these things called like live chats, um, where you know I just talk with people and, and interact on there, and, and we talk about the video game industry. I do those. I try to do them about once a week. Um, 
But the best way to get a hold of me is definitely on Twitter. The The main thing I talk about is, of course, video game sales, the video game industry, things like that. Um, I also, you know, will tweet a little bit just about game news in general, but kind of like the main focus is numbers and the business side of the gaming industry, because that's just like a, a big passion of mine. So that's uh, that's really the two places to find me, Twitter and YouTube, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. And so how long have you been doing um, this? Like how long have you been like working with the games industry, games analytics, that kind of thing? So it it all starts like in terms of uh, my interest in it, man, I've I've been doing it for a really long time. It's funny that the thing that turned me on to it uh, way back in the day was – GameTrailers.com was the first forum I ever joined. That was the first video game forum I was in. And uh, randomly one day I was in a a thread there and someone posted about uh, Fable sales, like the sales of the the video game Fable. And I just never had really looked at sales info before. And I I just found it super interesting because Fable was a game I was like really into. And I was like, oh, this is interesting seeing how many people play this game that I like. Um, so that's really where it started. Then after that, I got into the retail side uh, of the gaming industry, started low, worked my way up high, um, you know, did that for many, many, many years. And then I uh, branched off and, and I did a lot of forum talking about uh, the industry. And I started realizing that that a lot of people really like to, to hear my thoughts on it. So about two years ago, uh well, actually, probably less than that now. I guess it was about a year and a half ago. I spiraled off onto Twitter and YouTube, and uh, the response has been really, really strong. I've, I've had a lot of people reach out to me, and uh, even some, you know, gaming companies and, and things like this, and, and ask my opinion on on how what I think about the video game industry and things like that. So it's it's kind of just been a steady growth um, for a really long time. But I, I would say, in a quote, quote, you know, a really effort. Um, probably the last like probably two or three years is really whenever I've really doubled down on it. Yeah. It's, it's really fun to see how like things that we're passionate about become things that we're able to, to do and have a medium for, right? Like Mm -hmm. obviously with you, with videos and Twitter and forums with us, with the podcast and Mm -hmm. how like it, it just, it's funny to me that something like this that we do on a weekly basis. It's, it's kind of like just a bunch of guys sitting around talking about <laughs> something we love. Right. Mm. Like, and that's why it's easy. It's like, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's difficulty to it. There's work to it. There's, there's passion you pour into it and time and energy. But at the end of the day, it's something you enjoy. You do it because you enjoy it. Right. Uh, and I love that because like, I'm totally not a numbers guy. <laughs> uh, I like, I mean, I like to look at it and go, Oh yeah, Mario Kart sold 23 million. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really cool. But like, to hear you say that, like, that's how you got into it. It's like, I really got interested in this. And then the more I got interested, it, it kind of steamrolled. <laughs> yeah. um, it's kind of like like this. Like, how in the world did I end up doing a podcast? Well, yeah. started with cool. love for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And it started with a love for Nintendo turned into, I know way too much about Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> and now I want to tell people all the things about Nintendo. Yeah. And I need somebody to talk to other than my wife who doesn't care anything about Nintendo. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. It's good uh, to have that it's, outlet. It's wonderful. So, mm-hmm. uh, man, again, we're so glad to have you on the show and listeners. If you, uh, if you want to go over and connect with Benji on Twitter and YouTube, uh, I know he'll appreciate that. And I know there's a ton of insight coming out of his channels. I, I, I'm, I'm excited about that. 
I'm one. Thank you. Thank you. Up there, uh, Jesse. I think we've got a voicemail uh, about Pokemon, right? Yes. Let All me... right. Let's hear that. Hey, Dads, this is Warren. Uh, i got a question probably for Jesse. Um, I just watched a Game Explained video about transferring a Zigzagoon from Gen 3 of uh, Pokemon all the way up through Sword and Shield. And it was, I was fascinated by it, but I'm wondering a few things that I didn't really know how else to find out this information. Um, <clears throat> can In Sword and Shield, I heard something about not having a national dex. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Does that mean that there are some Pokemon from older generations that I would not be able to transfer all the way through because they're not actually in the game? There's no models for them? So I would get it all the way up to, to the current generation and then find out I can't actually transfer it in. That's one question. Another question is, in the video, they went from Pokemon Home, once they got it, uh, the Pokemon into Pokemon Home, they went straight to Sword and Shield. Could I take the Pokemon from, if it was a Gen 1 Pokemon or whatever, could I take it into um, Pokemon Let's Go, uh, Eevee, or Pikachu, and then back to Pokemon Home, and then back to Sword and Shield, to count that almost as, like, another generation that I'm playing it through. Um, also, is there a way to go from the Game Boy originals on the 3DS Virtual Console through whatever transfer systems backwards into Gen 3 and then move it forward from there? Basically, I want to be able to have a Gen 1 Pokemon team and transfer it all the way up, but I know you can't do that on the original Game Boy games, so I'm wondering if there's a way to transfer it backwards from the 3DS and then move forward from there. So, very specific questions. I'm wondering if you guys could address that. Thanks. And now, stepping up to the plate, from Kansas City, Missouri... It's Jesse Waldeck. <laughs> the pitch. So, the swing. <laughs> all right. So I don't necessarily remember all the questions in, in all the orders, but uh, the, the first one about uh, do do are about not having the National Dex and Sword and Shield. Yes, that's exactly what it means. Not all of the models are in the game yet. That was the whole Dexit thing that caused a controversy, you know, months before that launched. Um uh, so, in which, and then with the two new updates coming later this year, we'll add two hundred ish more. So I think there there are there's four hundred in the in the Galar decks. Plus, there's a small number. I don't know what the full number is uh, of Pokemon that are available to be transferred in that aren't part of the four hundred. But there are an another set that are not available yet. And, you know, some of them will be with the updates, and some of them just won't be ever. Uh, and you'll you'll know which one once a Pokemon is in home. When you set up a transfer from home to the Sword and Shield, you'll see like a big red circle slash showing you this Pokemon can't be transferred. So like the the Gen Seven starters can be transferred to to, to Gen Eight. And my son's currently trying to shiny. Shiny egg hatch them now. Mm. I don't know. So, <laughs> and uh, um, currently, there's a there's an app called Polka Transporter that you can download onto your 3ds that will will transfer Pokemon from Gen Five games. Uh, I, I also also D 
I'm guessing DSI as well if it's Gen 5. So, so you know, black, white, black 2, white 2, and then all of the virtual console versions, red, blue, yellow, gold, crystal, silver. Uh, that app will let you transfer Pokemon from those games into Bank, which is a separate service from home, $5 a year to, to subscribe to that. So, so anything directly from Gen 3 can't, you can't do it. You'd have to go through the mechanism using a DS Lite to transfer Gen 3 games into Gen 4 and then transfer the Gen 4 into 5 before you can then get them into bank. So that's kind of a, it's still possible, but not, not a one step thing. Once you have the Pokemon into bank with a, if you have a, then with a subscription to home, you can transfer them to bank to home. Once and all these transfers are one ways. Once they're in, they can't come back out. Up to this point, I don't know if Pokemon from Gen from say Yellow can be transferred into the Let's Go games. I think that might be Sword and Shield only. But a poke but a Pokemon from a Let's Go game can go into home and then into another Let's Go game, and back. But once you have a Pokemon from Let's Go and you put it in the home, then you put it in the Sword and Shield, it cannot cannot go back to Let's to the Let's Goes. You can just bounce back and forth between home and the Sword and Shield games. So, I think that covered all the questions. I don't, did I, is, did I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you. That's why I said. <laughs> that's why I said Jesse was stepping up to the plate because. It's going, it's going, it's going, <laughs> it's out of here. Yeah, so I did have, the only research I had to do was to remember what the name of the app was called the Poke Transporter to get the older games into bank. At that point, everything was just stuff that I have remembered from talking about this a few weeks ago. <laughs> that's impressive because that's, that's a lot to remember. <laughs> So I don't even I don't really play the games. You know, I got I still got, I still got to the fourth gym area and stopped. My son's the one who <laughs> plays who farms the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah, he, he told yeah. me you, with a home you can you can mass release up to a hundred Pokemon at a time. And you would think, why would you do that? And my answer <laughs> is if you've seen his bank, he has a hundred button <laughs> in it. He doesn't want them anymore. Gone. Because <laughs> he's trying to get the shiny litten. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So all right, and uh, we have. Do, do we have another voicemail, or do we just have questions from here on? No more voicemails. We have two questions. We have uh, one from Christopher Logel and another from Mecha Dragon. All right. So let's uh, let's get to this question from Christopher first. He says, "My question: Should I get a Switch Lite for myself, or just play on the OG Switch with my kids?" Um, Here's what I'm going to say to this question. Uh, it depends on uh, your needs. Um, and, and here's why I went the Switch Lite route for myself while leaving a Switch at home. And that is that uh, we get a lot of review codes and we get a lot of games in that we I either get for the show or we get review codes for. And inevitably, my kids want to play those. 
And so what I found was, is that even though I bought my son a Switch and my daughter has a Switch Lite, they'll play on mine because, hey, there's this brand new interesting game on there and I have a 400 gigabyte SD card on there. (laughs) So what I decided to do was turn that into my, quote, home base Switch. And so it's the one I download all my games on for review and, and all of that. It's the one that stays connected to the TV. It's constantly at home. I got the Switch Lite so that uh, I could go on the go and I could download just a selection of games, right? Games I was currently very interested in playing and it would do just the minor internet check and I'd be able to take that along and I would be able to leave that switch at home so that they can play all the games they want whenever they want them, right? Does that make sense? Oh yeah, for sure. Now that may not work for you as a family, Christopher. Uh, but if you find yourself traveling a lot, or you find yourself like I just like the form factor of the Switch Lite too. Like the, I, I'm in fact I much prefer to play on my Switch Lite because seventy five percent or uh, of the time I'm playing on I'm playing handheld anyway because my wife's watching you know Downton Abbey or whatever. The crown. That's <laughs> a lot of British dramas. So, uh, so it just makes it easier. So I, I love the Switch Lite. Um, the thing is, is that if you don't have that situation where your kids are wanting to play games a lot of time and they're like taking it away from you or taking up time you'd be able to play, then I can't really recommend a Lite. Other than it's just it's neat, it's cool. I wanted both switches. Mm. <laughs> and what what about the rest of you guys? What do you think? I've been debating that myself since the light came out. I've like kind of wanted one just because they seem cool. Like I like how they the like you said the form factor. It, it seems pretty cool, but I haven't gotten one yet myself. Right now, I just have the OG Switch, um, but I've definitely thought about it. I've been tempted by the light since it came out. But right now, I just have the OG. Okay. Yeah. And I'm probably not the best one to answer this because, you know, you know, we were at the end of year one, we were a four switch household. We treated the switch like we treated the three DSs. You know, each person that buys their own and doesn't get moved around from person to person. My kids are obviously older, so, you know, they have the jobs they can buy, buy their own. You know, now I'm down to a one switch family because the other three have all moved out and they've taken their switches with them. <laughs> you know, so yeah in, in in my case you know the switch light really hasn't appealed to me because i still I, most of my gaming with the exception of playing dragon quest and Tokyo Mirage sessions the last few months have been handheld you know the, the, those big rpgs i still played on the tv because not Tokyo Mirage sessions because i was designed for a wii u but this small print makes it hard to read on a six inch screen and uh-huh. trying to play that on a five inch screen on the switch light would make that all the more difficult. But I think most games, you're not going to really have a problem. Yeah. yeah. Jim, you got yeah. any input there? Yeah, for me, it was, uh, I was tempted. Um, definitely when it came out, especially that Pokemon one, I thought the Pokemon switch light was pretty cool looking. Uh. Um, but I was, um, thank, uh, thankfully my wife got one so I, I can look at it and, you know, touch it <laughs> and I don't have to worry about it anymore. She got one. And then later my son, he had one like Jesse's family when they got the one year one, my son got his year one at Christmas. 
from Santa Claus, of course. Or actually, no, he got it from his parents. That's right. That was <laughs> from his parents. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, he uh, he wanted to get the light because he mostly plays handheld. He didn't hardly play in the TV, so he traded his in for a, a light as well. So I have two people who have lights here, and um, so I got my fill of that. And I'm I'm grateful for that experience because I really like the experience the OG experience of being able to play on the go and having the choice to play on a bigger screen. If I want to dock it play. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And, and, you know, we could, we could probably talk circles around this, but I think the switch light is, is why I predicted Nintendo would do a TV only switch pro at some point. But, you know, with them yes. saying they're not going to release any new iterations of hardware this year, probably not going to see it. So they shot my dreams down. Well, uh, it could be within the fiscal year. Yeah, that was a that, that people has turned that to mean you know it doesn't mean it's not going to happen March twenty twenty one before the end of the fiscal year. Uh, right. Yeah. The, the four year four year anniversary. Yep. Could, All right. So we've got happen. this. We've got this last email from Mecha Dragon 101 who, uh, man, thanks for, he is constantly writing into the show and I super appreciate that. Uh, love his questions. He says this, I said, I hope all your guys are doing well. My question for you this week is the following. As you said multiple times, you all have your main job while also doing content for YouTube and Twitch on Nintendo Dads. Have any of you guys considered being full time with content creation? To the point where you had to quit your where you quit your current job and become a full time YouTuber, do you think that's a dangerous road to go through? Hope this question makes sense. Can't wait to see you dads again soon. Um, any of you guys want to want to go first? I think about on it this all one? the time. I think about that all the time. That would be that would be. I think that would be awesome because I love creating content. Um, I mean, I like dabbling in the video, and I know there's people that are much better at it than I am. I w- I'm not even going to pretend like I'm really good at it, but I enjoy creating. So I'll have fun dabbling and doing the videos. I like making those thumbnails for you guys, <laughs> um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, and then doing these, it would be totally awesome to, to be able to perfect it and get better at it and do it full time. But I know it's not going to happen. So <laughs> it's it's just like. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I could dream, right? It's, if I won the lottery, great. <laughs> I, I would do it full time. <laughs> well, while, you know, content creation, you know, is, fun, you know, fun from time to time. I, you know, I, I find myself procrastinating with this, with this, uh, that one token sessions project I've been talking about. At least I got to the point where I now where I've written 75% of the script and f- realized it's it's been a while since I've written anything since I graduated college. I was mentally exhausted after writing you know, like the two pages that I did write, <laughs> and I know I have about a, at least a half page left to go before I even. And I, I did I did record some footage. I know I know I've got to go back and record more, and I haven't even started editing anything or or recording a voiceover yet. Uh, so it's a you know, very a slow process for me. I would never be able to be able to to do it well enough consistently enough to turn it into a career and you know my current w2 job i I make more money than i would never make 
doing anything else, so I'd never leave it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this next month will be I'll be at my job for twenty years. Oh wow! You know, think of whatever base pay is. Double it, or or multiple, or multiply it by one hundred and twenty percent. Then that's probably just with your normal pay, Uh pay raises every year, and that's kind of. That's that's the, that's the type of money I'm looking at after having the, the job for 20 years. So yeah, I'm not <laughs> I'm not ready to walk away from that yet. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, like the the answer is different in that, and I won't spend too much time on it. But I, I, the the answer is it's it's not uh, so much of a job as as I believe it's a calling, and so I, I don't feel like I'm supposed to do anything else. And so uh, that's why I do what I do. Uh, And so I can't imagine my life not doing what I do on a daily basis, which if you're a new listener to the show, I'm a student pastor at a church. And so I don't, I don't see myself doing anything else, but I love this part of it because this is a part of my life where I feel like a lot of what I do follows me 24-7. Uh, this is a part of my life where I just simply get to talk about something I'm super passionate about and I love, and it's completely disconnected from the other thing. Well, you, while you have a chance, you have a chance to talk to the teens, I'm sure. This is, gives you a chance to at least talk to adults. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, adult time is always good uh, as well. Uh, and so, like, I... Um, like this weekend, I've got a big event starting tomorrow night. That's an overnight event that we're we're doing. And so, like, there's times where I'm away. Like the past couple of years, I haven't been able to do E3. This year, I'm actually going to get to do it. Uh, I'm actually going to get to be here and talk about it as it happens instead of like waiting a week and then talking about it. Uh, but I mean, there's that's minor inconveniences. And so, do I think that I'll ever do content creation full time? Probably not, like unless something drastic happens. But uh, I love doing what I do. I just, for me, I don't think it's viable full time. Uh, but I enjoy this this break. I enjoy this part of it. Mm. What about you, Benji? Yeah, for for me, it's it's the the content creation part, like like doing the videos and stuff like that. It's definitely more of a passion thing. I. Uh, it's one of those things like I think I think sometimes like it, it sounds like uh, it'd be so awesome to, to just full time create content. But but as you were saying earlier, sometimes it's a challenge to, you know, you got to put a lot of time and work into some stuff. So, you know, it's a it's a full shift. If you want to become a, a full time content creator, you got to dedicate so much effort to it. So. Right now, I'm just doing it as an enjoyment thing, as doing it as like a way of channeling my passion. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be stressing over it. So in terms of the content creation part, the, the other side, like the analyst side, you know, that I, I am working, you know, more towards becoming a full-fledged analyst in the field. That's a totally separate thing. But the content creation side, for sure, that is uh, – that's more just a passion. It, it's it, it would take a lot of effort to to do that full time, and I just don't think I have like the the time and the resources to to do something like that. But I do love doing it. I do love making the videos and, and talking with people. Yeah, it, we, yeah. we know we know such a thing as possible. Game Explain you know, at least three people so that's their full time job, and yeah. they, they make enough revenue through YouTube. Through you know, I, I peeked at their Patreon. They don't make live. You know, they they make. Their Patreon is bigger than ours, but not enough to be full time on for one person, much less three people. 
and, yeah. and, and some part-timers. So Gotcha. And, th- and that's the thing about, like, I guess this thing that we do is there can only be so many kind of funnies, right? Yeah. Very so, true. Uh, it's not that, you know, I mean, full disclosure, like everything that, that we get via Patreon or YouTube or anything goes back into a fund that helps defray the cost of games and travel and all kinds of stuff. So it's not like we're living high on the hog. Right. <laughs> I mean, or, or in one case, computer hardware for me. Otherwise, we wouldn't yeah. have anything to record with. That's exactly right. Like when, when my motherboard blew up. There, there's been times when Justin's had to come to us and be like, "All right, guys, whoa, <laughs> whoa, like we, yeah, we're you see this? That's how much we have." <laughs> uh, and so, uh, but we love, we still love doing it. And the thing for me is like. Like looking at the the full time concrete creator side of it, or this, like I would say this, like I would do this happily if there was nothing, right? Like because I just love it and I I enjoy my Thursday nights and I enjoy being a part of the Nintendo Dads team. I'd do it. For- yeah, there's another there's another aspect of it too that I I forgot to mention that I would be that I actually looked into, but I. I know I don't have the background to jump into it and that's the community manager aspect of it. Mm. Um, you know, because I, I started off on the Nintendo dads doing the community management stuff in discord. And I was looking at how to, you know, looking at other real life community managers to, to get best practices from them to bolster how we run ours and, you know, that's a real job for people. And, you know, they go to college and communications type of thing, I think, to to get degrees in that area. And I don't have that. But, you know, I did explore that. And I think that would be – that's another area I think would be kind of cool that would go along with the content thing. So it wouldn't just be all just content. It would also be, you know, managing the community for, for a brand, which in this case would be Nintendo Dads. So mm. – I definitely think that that there is room um, to break out into stuff even without a background. It's just, you know, it's it's all about how much effort, you know, you're willing to put in and and how much focus and 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 kind of making that balance between am I enjoying it or or is it just a lot of pressure? Uh, And like you were saying, there is only so many kind of funny and easy allies and and things like this. So it's all a. it's definitely a market not with a ton of jobs. I think people think maybe there's like more room than there is, but there is still some that you definitely can break out. Uh, but it'll definitely take some work, like in terms of making it like a full time thing, not just for an enjoyment. You'd really have to put some effort in for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. We actually had one other uh, question over in our Patreon from Cat Jander, Dan Caparello. Um, and we're going to save that for next week because this has already been a giant-sized edition of <laughs> Nintendo Dads. But we do want to thank uh, Benji Sales for coming on and being a part of episode 268. Thank you. We would love to have you back sometime. Absolutely. We, I had a blast. We wish, we wish you a ton of success 
and all the things you're doing. I, I know that if you don't mind me saying, I noticed on your Twitter this week that you or recently you mentioned changing jobs and doing some things there. And so, man, yeah. we wish you lots of luck on that and uh, whatever yeah, the future holds for you. Thank you so uh, much. And say thank you for being on the show. Uh, and we want to say thank you to you for listening to episode 268. Uh, as we close out the show, we also want to say thank you to our Patreon producers. That's Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, Sean Abbott, and Antonio Contronio. We thank you guys for being locked in on Patreon at the producer level. And you can get locked in on Patreon as well by going over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads for as little as a dollar a month. You can be part of our Discord and all the other stuff that's going on over there. You can check us out at our website which is nintendodads.org that has all of our latest uh, YouTube videos, tweets, podcast episodes, links to our social media, our Patreon page, as well as a place to find our merch, phone cases, stickers, shirts, all that stuff right over there at nintendodads.org. You can find us on the socials at, at anywhere there's social media, Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. Just type in Nintendo Dads. Boom. We're there. You can also email us at nintendodads at gmail.com. That's the address, nintendodads at gmail.com. You can also call in and leave a voicemail, just like Warren did, at 929-25-N-DADS or 929-256-3237. We want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. And we ask that if you enjoy Nintendo Dads, Head over to the podcast service of your choice. Drop us a nice review and write some kind words. It helps people find us and it helps us spread the love of Nintendo Dads out into the community at large. For me, for Jesse, and for Tim, and for Benji, this has been episode 268 of Nintendo Dads. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. <laughs>